at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, four minutes past four. It is freezing outside. It's like winter. Seriously, you'd never believe that we were in May. We are in May. I mean, just have a quick check. We are in May. I can't believe it. It is so cold out this morning and windy. It is. I mean, seriously, if all the leaves had fallen off the trees, I wouldn't be at all surprised. I would not be at all surprised. Anyway, it's nice to have you company. Trust you are uh, well today. Sad news to start the show with. Very sad news. The Saturday show has been canned in America. Apparently, when it, when it slumped below one, they decided it was easier to put it out of its misery and not bring it back. Uh, they were hoping to secure a second series, but as I told you before, who is remotely interested in a, in a girl group that haven't, you know, really done anything for ages and ages? Two of them up the duff. And, and you think that this doesn't make a television programme. And so the audience piddled down to 100,000, although a spokesman for them said that uh, they are in talks of a Christmas special. Yes, I, I think they'll be handing out leaflets. I can't see them actually recording anything. It doesn't, I mean, it, the little bits that I saw on the telly didn't do it. The Americans have tons of people like this. They don't want cutesy-cutesy apple pie. They want fighting, slap you in the face kind of stuff. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for something a bit more... A bit more serious, and unfortunately the Saturdays, as I predicted before, were never going to make it in America. I think they thought, and you know, and I've seen people fail in this department before, you go to America, you make a series, you come back here, and, and then you just wait for the series to take off and make you huge international stars. Well, they're not even huge international stars here, I'm afraid. So, consequently, they're not going to make it in America. You need to live in America. That's the whole idea. You need to live in America. And if you live there for a couple of years, then you can make some sort of name for yourself. But as all their roots are here, they're just trying to capitalise on a market, and presumably the programme was cheap to make, but they didn't do anything. You know, if you're going to go and make a series in America, for God's sake, at least pull the plugs out. At least try and do something. You know, just sort of hanging around being girly-girly, doing makeup is of no interest to the Americans. They've been doing television and good television that sells around the world for donkey's years. So uh, I'm afraid not happening, girls, but never mind. At least she made an effort. What to do now? Come on, blimey. Bit like Cheryl Cole, isn't it? She wanders around a bit of a dolly daydream. Not really a lot going on. She's pictured in the paper today going to Cannes because she's paid by, by L'Oreal. You know, because you're worth it, she says in that butch kind of voice, wearing somebody else's hair, somebody else's fake lashes. I mean, the whole thing is just fake from start to finish. But she'll pitch up there and, uh, and they'll hawk her up. But for God's sake, don't let her talk. It's that northern accent that kills its stone dead, doesn't it? Way, eh? You know, they're just not into those kind of things, the Americans. They find it very difficult. You know, they look at it and they go, lovely, what's she saying? They don't know what she's saying. Mind you, the worst story I read about America was in one of the papers today. And that's of people who go to Disneyland are apparently cheating the system. To get to the front of a ride, you need to be disabled or pay extra. So there's an agency that supplies disabled wheelchairs, these motorised things, so you can pretend you're disabled. So you get to the front of the queue. Well, apparently it's been going on for ages. I'm not at all surprised. I'm always very, very doubtful of people who sort of pitch up in motorised wheelchairs half the time. You know, some of them very, very sceptical. You, you do see them sitting on their wheelchairs, you know, these little motorised scoot things, outside hospitals, puffing on a fag. You know, a bottle of whiskey in one hand, cigarette in the other, and you think to yourself, how ill are you? I don't know. Still to come, we've got the, uh, the Soap Awards which is going to be lovely, and uh, we'll have the Eurovision Song Contest this Saturday. Britain's got no talent whatsoever. Made in Chelsea. Oh, there's some catfighting going on there. And Peter Andre 
his dreary little life. But the good news is he's flying out to Spain because Pete's making his calendar again. That'll be an opportunity for his manager to get his shirt off. She loves that bit. She loves that bit. Oh, God, get your shirt off, Pete. Get your shirt off. Go on. Fuel my fantasies. And uh, Pete, at the age of 40, he'll still be doing it at 70, I should imagine, a bit like Cliff Richard, will be taking his shirt off for his calendar, doing the... uh, Doing the sort of the little naff poses. It's a bit girly, isn't it? I don't know who buys these things. I'm sure somebody does. Also, um, Tia Sharp's mum yesterday told of her disgust that uh, a horrific photo of the 12-year-old's naked body was shown in court. Well, I don't know. I wasn't in court. Uh, I should imagine the jury was shown everything. They generally are. That's called evidence. They show people evidence. They don't know whether or not it was it was taken after she died or before she died. And uh, Grandmother says, I want him to suffer every day of his miserable life. Um, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Although, frankly, Philpop's still wandering around, and he with a big grin on his face after six children died. It makes you physically sick. You can't think of anything that you could possibly do apart from hanging. But they discussed that the other day on LBC, and it quite clearly is never going to happen. We're not going to bring back the death penalty. It's just, it's, just, it's just terribly, terribly tragic. But at least, I suppose, the suffering for, for Tia is over because she died at the hands of a murderer, whereas the girls who are pictured in the uh, papers, well, they're not pictured in the papers today, but they're certainly talked about in the papers today, who were abused by that Asian paedophile gang, uh, have got to live with it for the rest of their lives. I mean, they were just given drugs and more drugs and then passed around, and pictures of these people who perpetrated these crimes are in all the papers today. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely staggeringly disgusting. And in Oxford in Oxford, where they were passed around. One girl couldn't even remember. She was so brainwashed that she, she seriously believed that the, these men w- weren't doing anything too wrong. So here they all are, the perverts, the gang that raped and sold girls of 11. Guilty. Guilty. And uh, you look at them, my God, they're ugly as well. Doesn't really help, does it? Abusers, evil, sick people, into child sex. And you think, and they're still walking around. You know, they're not, they're not celebrities. If, if, of course, it's a celebrity, it makes a whole lot of difference. But this, this bunch of depraved people, it was, a, it was a child sex ring. I mean, it's like something out of the Dark Ages, isn't it? They were so depraved and so perverted. You know, it's, it's just... I mean, this sex ring has been going on for years. Years. And you do ask yourself... I mean, after the police bungled over Tia and they couldn't find her body for a week, it was in the loft... They've got dogs which are trained to sniff out bodies and everything. They couldn't find it. They couldn't find her. And then you get this pervert gang who were all uh, going to prison now. I mean, these girls were plied with alcohol and drugs. Then they were gang-raped and assaulted and then sold for sex. Because they didn't go to the police. They didn't know. what They they were so high on drugs. It was just, just a dreadful situation. They'll be living with that for forever. Tear, as I say, poor little soul isn't alive to have to go through the living hell that she went through. Makes you wonder how long you think uh, Stuart Hazel will be lasting for in prison. You know, 38 years, they've said. The trouble is, it's not enough, is it? It's not enough. You look at some sentences the courts hand down and you think to yourself, it's not enough for the taking of a life of a child, for putting her through that, and all you get is 38 years. You know, if you, if you were the, the parents, you'd be thinking probably completely differently and thinking, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's, it's got to be more, there's got to be something. Because, you know, in theory, this man could be out, although I shouldn't imagine he ever will be, walking around amongst them, having taken away somebody else's life, and that's what makes us feel a bit, a bit sick, doesn't it?
Uh, BP and Shell, I love this story because I've always thought this one, not, not necessarily BP and Shell, but they are being investigated over allegations they fixed petrol prices for more than a decade. I thought it was the government. I thought the government fixed these uh, prices because the, the duty is so expensive on petrol. I mean, do you have to be honest? Every so often, a Shell garage closes. And then they do it all up and they open it as a Shell garage. And you think, well, I mean, how often do you need to renew petrol pumps and stuff like that? I suppose fairly regularly. But, of course, if you're making huge profits at our expense, because we can't do anything about it. I cannot go into a petrol station and start negotiating over petrol and start saying, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a little bit here, a little bit there, you know, and perhaps, uh, would, would you accept 90p a litre? So they're going to be, uh, I mean, the AA have said that the, uh, the lid is about to be blown off, so obviously they're aware of something going on. It'd be awful, isn't it, really? It would, would be awful if they'd, um, if they'd actually been price-fixing. I think what I'm saying now, um, because it becomes like a cartel. It's a bit like the diamond market, isn't it? That that's a cartel. They they want to make sure they don't release too many diamonds onto the market, because otherwise the prices would drop substantially. They want to keep the market buoyant. That's why whenever you watch the jewellery channels and they come up with tanzanite and this other rubbish that they're selling on there, and then they go, "This is so rare." £39.99 for this ring. And you think, oh, it's rubbish, isn't it? It's not proper jewellery. It's for people who can't afford proper jewellery. And this has got, um, what do they call it? They've got all sorts of names for these diamonds, these fake diamonds, which are just bits of cut glass. You'd be better off smashing your car windscreen and making about 5,000 rings out of it and passing it off as something that's worth an awful lot of money, which, of course, it isn't. But that's what they're selling. They're selling garbage. They're selling garbage. You know, it looks pretty. It's like, it's a bit of costume jewellery, isn't it? It's quite pretty. Oh, look at this opal. It's so beautiful. Thirty nine ninety nine. <laughs> People buy it. Whereas I did buy some of the other day. I bought another one. I don't know why I bought another one. I got a bit carried away, actually. I was watching Ideal World. Still not responded to my, um, to my email saying that two chains were missing from the hanging baskets. Perhaps their uh, follow-up is, is not particularly good. You know, perhaps they don't do customer care. They're more than happy to take your money. But when you write to them with an email and you send it to the right place, they, they don't bother responding. Perhaps they just look at it and go, ah, sod him. Why, why would we care? It's only two chains. Where are we supposed to get those from? But yesterday I did order something else. I'll let you know what the customer service is like. I can't believe they've not even responded. I'm, I find that quite hurtful. They, they, they sell themselves as being family and orientated and care. You know, which, which you do get from most companies. If you don't get it, I, I complain bitterly. Uh, Rod Stewart's trick, apparently, for, uh, for seducing his wife is hire a nanny, pour champagne and head to the beach house. That is Rod's recipe. Of course, being filthy rich helps, doesn't it? You know, what was it about the multi-millionaire famous Rod Stewart that first attracted you, Penny? It was the fact that he was a famous multimillionaire with a huge entourage and he's got champagne and a big house and, uh, and he's good fun and he, he paints his toenails black. We know this because we've been in pubs with Rod and he does paint them black because he's a showbiz person. Oh, Poundland are in a bit of trouble. They're dropping the price to 97p, apparently, in a lot of them. We've already got 99p stores, so now 97p. This is at East Ham in London and uh, in the West Midlands, Dudley and Chelmsley Woods. They've reduced the prices there in retaliation for somebody opening up a 99p shop. It's a bit sad, isn't it, really? 99p shop. And now they've got um, all these other, you know, the, the, so 99p, 90, and why don't they bring out a 50p shop? I'd like a 50p shop. I could cope with that. 50 pence. Penny? Like going back to the early days of the Woolworths, isn't it? The, the Penny Arcade. It'll never happen. Well, I hope not in my lifetime. Quarter past four. 97.3. Morning, 18 minutes past four.
The cold woke me up, says Dee Dee. I've had to put the heating on. It's a joke. I know. I know. Well, I didn't put the heating on. I did sit there. All I could hear was this, whoosh, the wind outside. So if you're just waking up and uh, and you can hear that, you probably think, oh, my God, fathers, what's it like outside? The answer is it's blooming cold. It really is. Uh, talking of cold, it's cold over there in America. Cold for... For people who've been in EastEnders who think that because they've been in EastEnders and they get loads of coverage in the newspapers here, because the papers will print any old tripe, uh, it's going to be over there and they're going to be big celebrities. And of course they're not. The latest one was yesterday, Charlie Brooks, who's going to go over to America and she thinks that she's going to, uh, she's going to be a big star. And I said, she's not. I'm not. Without putting too fine a point on it, they've got loads of people like her. They don't need another Brit you know, dragging themselves round, I'm afraid. They just don't need that kind of thing. They've got tons of their own people to find work for. So they then had a look at all the people who went over there to try and make it big for EastEnders. One was James Alexandru. He played Martin Fowler. He just There was talk he was going to do Equus, and then that fell through. He has had some theatre roles. So he quit the show, I think, in 2007. He was going to go into Bond, and he was going to do that. And nothing ever materialised, which is a shame, really, because I like James Alexandru. I always think, you know, if, if you quit a soap like EastEnders, you're on a hiding to nothing. You really are. Sid Owen, you know, his biggest role since leaving EastEnders was a disastrous turn on Strictly Come Dancing. Little short bloke he is. And, and he's, he's gone over to America. He's living with Adele, apparently, over there while he has meetings. Well, you might as well have meetings with McDonald's and Burger King and Kentucky Fried Chicken because it's not going to amount to anything. They've got people like that over there. They don't need... You know, British actors, they've got tons of Brits over there already. Michael Greco, remember Michael Greco? He's still living in America. He was Beppe DeMarco until 2002. And then uh, he, he had plans to do Shakespeare, but ended up doing Aladdin in Dorset. Not quite as exciting. Uh, but he hasn't given up hope. He has done some UK reality shows. Oh, well, there you go. That's OK then, isn't it? Lacey Turner. She's had some British dramas, but again, it's not been as big. Jack Ryder, of course, was the classic example. He was in uh, uh, Murder Investigation Team. He's been in The Royal Today and uh, and The Archers. But, I mean, and he's, he's a good-looking boy. He's a good-looking boy. But is it enough? Is it enough to actually get yourself a job in this business? I mean, they, you know, the whole acting profession is full of... You should go into radio. It's full of ugly people. There's no competition in the radio world for people good-looking, let me tell you. Tamsin Althwaite. Um, she's currently starring in New Tricks. But again, didn't, didn't work in, in America. Michelle Ryan. Uh, she got Bionic Woman. That was axed after one series. She came back. She's had parts in Doctor Who and Merlin. So, is there life after soap? No. You should read the book. Hilary Kingsley wrote one. I think, uh, saying, is there life after soap? And it proved that on so many occasions, there wasn't. There wasn't any life after soap. It was very difficult. The soap world is is very absorbing. You know, you get loads of coverage in the papers because, as I've said to people who've been in, in EastEnders before, you are protected by, say, EastEnders. They have a press office. They put out stories. You know, and then they say, oh, listen, some newspapers approached us. They want to put you in this and that. And they go, yeah, great. The moment they leave there, they're out in the cold world. Nobody's going to write about them. And that's what's so tragic, isn't it? The only time they write about them now... As if they've done something wrong and they make the papers. Double rollover on the lottery, by the way, tonight. 8.4 million. When Duncan was talking about, um, you know, people who'd won money. I was so tempted to phone up and go, 42 million. That would be so funny to say that, wouldn't it? You know, if I'd won. And then he, he would say to me, when? And I would go, well, this coming Friday. 
or 48 million or whatever it happens to be, but 8.4 million tonight because I haven't had a win for ages on the lottery. Normally I'm fairly consistent. I normally get something each week. You know, not, not anything to write home about, but normally something. So it's a double rollover, 8.4 million pounds. Oh, God. Can you cope with it? Can you cope? 8.4 million. That'd be lovely. 8.4 million. That'd be an, another, an, another property. Bit of money in the bank. Change the car and that'd, that'd be it. You just carry on, don't you, really? Not going to change your life forever. Well, unless you're about 85, in which case it will change your life forever. Uh, Jane Moore is talking about Chris Hune's ex-wife, Vicky Price, who's emerged from her blink-and-you-missed-it prison sentence. To reveal she's writing a book. However, sources say that under new laws, any proceeds that might stem from an offender's criminal past could be seized. As the tobe is to be called prisonomics and will reportedly focus on the financing of our jail system, I don't think it'll be troubled by any profit. I absolutely agree. I mean, who's, who is remotely interested in reading anything that this crook is going to be publishing? And crook is what she is, just that she didn't spend too much time in prison, which is rather a, rather a shame. Uh, Jane also says, so it's quite funny, she says, Aid Edmondson touring the Dales, Billy Connolly pootling around Scotland, Caroline Quentin in Cornwall, Rory Bremner's Great British Views, Robbie Coltrane on the B-Roads, and Martin Clunes in his tour of the islands. And now, Fiona Bruce's Britain. Can there still be a single corner of this beautiful isle that remains unsullied by celebrity endorsement? I would regret Fiona Bruce's Britain, the woman who died on her spectacular bum when she was interviewing Prince Philip and tried the old flirting thing with him and he wasn't buying it at all. And she died in front of us all on television. Oh, it was absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. But uh, they all do it, don't they? I quite like it. I quite like it. I end up buying the DVDs. I like people going around this country of ours and showing us all the things. I prefer the historical... Fact ones where they show us the treasures of Britain or uncovered Britain or something like that. Not just somebody pootling around in a camper van cooking food and having a picture taken on a cheap NAF camera. That that doesn't kind of do it for me. Much as though I adore Aid Edmondson, it's not, you know, that, that, that programme didn't do it. I like Rory Bremner's views. Because I've always thought a good view sells it, you know. And I think that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It really is. So I'm just trying to do two things. I'm trying to read somebody's blog and something else. Let's have a quick look. Oh, look. Arms round pretty people. Lord, they, they, they do dress up well, don't they? Who's that there? Who's the girl? Who's the girl? Is it really? Who's she? Um, oh, right. I've never even heard of her. Never even heard of her. She works here, does she? Good Lord. Oh, well, for about two years, really. Over one year. Oh, well, you, you live and learn. I've never heard of her. I've never, I've never seen a picture. Mind you, I didn't know people the other day, did I? There were people willing things the other day. Uh, Bill Roach in court the other day, signing autographs for fans and smiling. What else can you do? What else can you do? I suppose you have to, you have to sort of, you know, he yawned when he got into the courtroom. Doesn't help, I suppose. He's 80-something. He's, he's probably, probably fairly tired. It's funny, you know, when you see somebody on the television all the time, when they say they're 81, I, I can't... I, he doesn't look like an 81-year-old to me. If he was taken out of context and I'd seen him and I'd, I didn't know he was Bill Roach and he hadn't been on the television, he would probably just look like an old-age pensioner to me. But he's 81, but he doesn't look... He looks in his 60s. He's always looked exactly the same to me. I did watch... Talking of people looking the same. I did watch last night, I'm afraid... Well, this morning... The Apprentice, part two. And even Lord Sugar has admitted that this bunch of people are particularly stupid. I mean, they, there is no two ways about it. They haven't got the faintest idea about anything. The women are foul-mouthed. I mean, 
really foul mouth, using language that I do not expect to come out of a lady's mouth. But there again, as they aren't ladies, they appear to be the people who failed the auditions for um, Celebrity Big Brother, or even just Big Brother, because they haven't got a clue about anything. They are so dim, it's unbelievable. They argue amongst themselves, they they shout, they scream, they do everything. The boys aren't much better. Difficult to try to pick out who the heterosexuals are in the boys' side. You know, at the moment, I'm I'm odds on there are three three gay boys in there, including somebody with strange eyebrows who looks like he's wearing makeup. The bloke we kicked out last night who appeared to have coloured contact lenses in, and somebody who's pretending to be very butch. But there's something the matter with all of them. And the and the thing is, they're all needy. And that's exactly what Alan Sugar said this morning on my television. He said, "I cannot believe that you don't know the basics of selling." They didn't know the basics of selling, and the reason is they're all frauds. Fra- they don't have business. They talk about their businesses and all the rest. They are so dim, they'd be hard pushed crossing the road by themselves. You know, you look at some of them and they just don't know what they're doing. They are. I mean, I thought this programme was for people who were successful but wanted to go that little bit further. So far, they all come across as liars, cheats, foul-mouthed, no-talented old has-beens. And this is only week two. Alan Sugar said, I can't believe that we're at this low level on week two. He said, what are you going to be like on week six? And they all say the same thing. Don't worry, I'm a team player. Nobody's a team player. They all hate each other. You know why? Because they're all so desperate to be famous. They're all so desperate to make something of themselves, but they don't have the talent, the the, the, the push, the get up and go. They don't have anything like that. They're just, as I say, failed rejects from the Jeremy Kyle show who just want to get on television. They've only got to knock a few teeth out, and they are there. They are contestants on the Jeremy Kyle show. Apart from that, it's all it's all a bit sad and tragic that you look at them, and they're mutton dressed as mutton. It's no good putting somebody in a, in a nice bit of smart clothing when you can see they're not used to wearing it. The women are all in high heels. This lot look as though they'd be happy in dirty old, you know, tracksuit bottoms, grey, and Ugg boots. That's what they look like. They look a bit trampy, I'm afraid. It's just, it's just not, it's, it's not a good look. And they're bluffing it. They're bluffing it. Michael Greco, apparently, was in Kevin Cosner's miniseries, Hatfields and McCoys. Hmm. Missed that one. Missed that one, I'm afraid. That, that didn't, uh, that sort of, just, just under the, uh, the bar there. Um... Why would you write home about a lottery win? You live there. You'd already know, says Paul. Yes, I, I don't know. I don't know what you do. We always do this. We always play fantasy lottery. I've, I've got no end of friends that play fantasy lottery. We go, right, 42 million. What would you do first of all? I was thinking about it coming in in the car this morning because it had blacked out windows. So I'm, I'm able to daydream in the back of it. And so I was thinking to myself, right, 42 million. So 10 million on a house and furniture. Because, I mean, it doesn't make any difference how much you speak. I could have said 20 million. And then I thought that I would split two million among among friends. I'd give a million, sadly not. I'd give a million, nobody around here. I'd give a million pounds to my brother so that he could retire. And then to my godchildren and the family, they'd get a quarter of a million. It's all pie in the sky. It doesn't matter. I haven't won the money. I don't want really to just turn on the radio and go, really excited. Steve's just won this money and this is how he's spending it. 150,000 to uh, a good friend of mine, 100,000 to another friend and 50,000 to somebody else. And, uh, and in here, I would, I would just say, you know, Hello. You know, and, um, yes, I'd, I'd probably bring in something for them all to eat. You know, I'd, I'd, I would go, go to Costco and get probably some, you know, some I suppose, some sugar puffs or something like that. Well, uh, yeah, but I mean, I'd, start, I'd be a bit more generous. I'd bring in probably some jelly beans for them. 
you know, and that would be it. Because you can't, how, you know, it's impossible to signal, sing, you know, single anybody out for, for giving a reward to. So they would, I'd, I'd just buy boxes of crisps and give them all crisps. Which is good, isn't it? Uh, good news if you've got a fat bum in a moment. It's LBC, it's 4.30. Morning, 27 minutes to fight. That is the weirdest thing I've ever read, that blog. That is the oddest thing I've ever read. God, dear. Very, very strange, very strange. Um, Chris Roycroft Davis is a political commentator writing in the Daily Express. He says, what's the point of keeping this child killer alive? This is Stuart Hazel, who killed 12-year-old schoolgirl Tia Sharp. And I have, to, I have to agree, my gut feeling, and it was yesterday exactly the same as it is today, it doesn't change, I'm afraid. You can't change on something like that. As far as I'm concerned, if you kill a child... And you're found guilty, I'm afraid. <laughs> I think you just have to kill somebody. I don't know. I don't know how you ever live with something like that. What's the point of keeping them alive at, at some serious cost to us? I mean, the prison system, as it is, is stretched to capacity. We know that because the amount of people who are being put through the court... That's why a lot of the judges are going, right, uh, two-year sentence, suspended. Suspended. And then, but you look at somebody like him, a killer, who shows no remorse whatsoever, all this claptrap about, oh, I've decided to plead guilty to, to not put the parents for any more. They've been through, they've been through God knows how much hell and back. I don't really know how much more hell they could have gone through. And uh, all he is is a liar. I mean, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he's found dead in his cell, hanged. I don't, uh, I don't, I wouldn't shed any tears for him, I'm afraid. Like, uh, like the people, the paedophiles who abuse those girls, whose lives will forever be, uh, be completely disjointed. From the age of 11, some of them were having sex with strange men they never knew. I'd be more than happy to see them strung up as well at the same time. It's awful, really. There appears to be no deterrent in this country. Mind you, America's got enough problems, haven't they? Enough people sitting around on death row, twiddling their thumbs, waiting. I was trying to find the, uh, the story about Big Bottoms. It was good news, actually. It was good news. And uh, I, I will find it, I promise you. I will find it. It was also Carol Vorderman with the RAF again. Lovely. She's very nice. She likes the RAF. She likes a man in uniform, does our Carol Vorderman. Because uh, I think she's going out with... Uh, isn't she going out with a pilot at the moment? Uh, Angelina Jolie, we released the news yesterday first on LBC and then everybody else has uh, picked up on it. That's quite a brave thing. So that takes, you know, pages and pages up in the, uh, in the papers. Uh, there's also uh, Prince Harry, who's out there loving every bit of the attention. He really, really loves the attention. Uh, there's also the uh, Alison Phillips talking about the tsunami of porn which is out there and how people like Stuart Hazel can view kiddie porn online. It's as simple as that. Natalie Cassidy, she talks about, the ridiculous Natalie Cassidy, who's having a second go at marrying the fellow who hit her, then smeared mascara across her sleeping face to humiliate her. Now Adam Cottrell is off the booze and the pair are working at being happy families again, writes Alison Phillips. Maybe, just maybe, I could believe I'll be okay this time around if it weren't for Natalie's throwaway line at the weekend. After he snapped, I was focused on being the victim. I couldn't see how I'd contributed to what he did. Oh, Natalie, writes Alison Phillips. No one ever really wants the role, but you were the victim, and he was the abuser. If you start blaming yourself for what went on, you're opening the door to it happening all over again, and again, and again. But there's now as stupid as Natalie Cassidy, I'm afraid. You know, she's brought out her DVDs, first DVD. Look, I've lost all this weight because I was the fat bird at EastEnders, playing my trumpet. And then she loses the weight, and then she sells a DVD to you because she's selling you a dream... And then she puts the weight back on again. It's Colleen Nolan all over again. These people, they don't keep it off because they don't want to keep the weight off. They're not interested in, in keeping fit. They're interested in making money. They're, they're, they're doing it because it's a business. 
They have no intention, I'm afraid, of, uh, of sort of, you know, of doing it. In fact, strangely, it's highlighted as well by Alison Phillips, who says, uh, what she said, it's a living nightmare, but I never want to be big again. Josie Gibson on maintaining her weight loss after shedding six stone. What she meant is, I'll be back in a size 18 by the end of the year. Thank you, Alison Phillips. Everything that we've said on this programme. All these people put it back on again. Once they realise that the public interest is waning, they then um, they then have to think of something else. And the and the something else, I'm afraid, is to uh, is to sort of put the weight on and then try and loot it again. It's also a picture of two stupid people go down to the beach and they pick up two unexploded bombs. And so they're walking down the road with you. You can see they're a bit Neanderthal. They look a bit stupid. The, uh, oh, that's cellulite, isn't it? And the, uh, the woman who's walking behind it, because to be honest with you, if one of these bombs went off, uh, you'd be looking at nothing sitting there anymore. And most people said, uh, it's near an army firing range. They're a pair of idiots. It's thought they grabbed the explosives at Warborough Bay in Dorset to sell for scrap. The area is part of Lulworth Range. The Ministry of Defence said the extremely dangerous shells would have been fired by a chieftain tank. It urged the men, or anybody who knows them, to call so they can safely destroy the bombs. Well, they're too stupid for words, aren't they? What sort of scrapyard to take those in? Oh, look, let's have some unexploded bombs. That'll be nice. Um, here's the, uh, the mad, mad world of Honey Boo Boo, the seven-year-old. I'm sorry, I see it as grooming. I think it's absolutely dreadful. Absolutely dreadful, these little girls who pitch up at these fashion fashion shows in America and sort of primp and preen and go boo-boo-bee-doo to the judges at the age of seven. I'm afraid nothing short of perversion, I'm afraid. I think the parents should be taken and locked up as quickly as possible. Uh, other stories in the papers today. Part, I mean, mainly, mainly it is uh, Coronation Street's Ken, uh, Stuart, Stuart Hazel and Angelina Jolie, speaking of her, you know her sort of decision to have this double mastectomy. Celebrity Big Brother champion Ryland Clark is heading back to the show. God, the world's worst presenter. You're going to be turning off that in the droves, I'm afraid. Absolutely in droves. Uh, Andy says, this is Andy on travel, bless it. He said it's a windy one and especially tricky if you're out on two wheels or driving a high cider. What's a high cider? Well, you mean a lorry? Wouldn't it be easy to put lorry down as opposed to a high cider? L-O-R-R-Y, lorry, it's easier. Or if you're on two wheels. My Auntie Enid's on two wheels. Sometimes she puts the other two down, but, I mean, mainly she's on two wheels. So uh, it, it, it is cold, actually. What about Martine McCutcheon, zilch in America, says Teresa? Yep, didn't work for her either, did it? It doesn't work for many of these people because, as I've said countless times, and I'm never wrong, it's almost embarrassing, really. They've got everybody in America. They don't want somebody... Just because you've been big in a soap here doesn't mean to say that you're going to conquer America. 90% of people do not work over there. It's very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. Uh, the Apprentice, Steve, should be done under the Trade Descriptions Act. As, uh, Sir Sid James no longer takes the winner on as an apprentice. No, now they use... Um, uh, it's, it's an investment of 250000 They split. They're setting up a company, which would be... It's, it's a lot easier, actually. I mean, it is dull, dated rubbish. Well, even he thinks so this time round. I mean, the contestants are so poor. I mean, they really are. They're just... They're all off their trolleys. They, they have no talent between them. Seriously. They really are. They're dumb. And the, uh, the, the women are particularly bad. There's an Irish doctor. Hiya. But, uh, you know, I'm a leader. I know what I'm doing. She's got one of those terribly annoying voices. <laughs> I don't know why it is. She's really getting on my nerves. And uh, and the blokes, they all think they're terribly clever. But in fact, when you're watching it as an outsider and having been in the business for ages, they just come over as stupid. 
They come over as a little bit needy, as a little bit, as I said a few days ago, where somebody said, they're probably their mummies or somebody like that, you're really, really good, and they go, am I mummy? Yes, you're really good. It's like you've seen all these programmes on the television where they feature these sort of, these sort of dimbos. That's what they are. Uh, Anna says, I was shocked here of able-bodied people using electric wheelchairs to get to the front of the queue. This is in Disneyland. Apparently it's been going on for ages. You know, you, you, you get a wheelchair user and you get to the front of the queue. So they rent these people out. They get to go on the ride. Whee! Not really that bothered about them, I should imagine. They get paid. It's a, it's a paying gig. And uh, it's been going on for ages. Absolutely ages and ages. Uh, what's this a picture of here? This is... Uh, ta -ta, da -da 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 -da. Who is it? I can't find this. I can't... Oh, The Wanted! Apparently they were partying too hard last year, it says in the papers. I can bear witness to this. They did party a little bit too hard on one of them. A trailer for their new TV show, The Wanted Life, shows a clip of a music exec telling them a lot of things in the last year have been quite frustrating and you guys forget how blessed you are. It is true, actually. I, d I did myself witness something in this building from The Wanted. And they were a little bit to the worst for wear, but they'd been out partying, I think. And it's difficult. If you're in the pop music business, what are you supposed to do? Sit at home and drink milk? No, you have to go out and party. Otherwise, it's all a bit dreary, isn't it? People go, "Is it? what's it like being a pop star? And they go, well, uh, last night I had some cheese on toast and, uh, and a glass of milk. And they go, oh, right, so it's not really rock and roll at all. Go, not really, no, it's quite hard work. <laughs> you have to work at it. Here she is again, Cara Delevingne. They said, now she's the bad girl, transformation continues. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not remotely interested. This girl gets coverage in the papers every day for, for being an idiot. For being a fool. She's not great looking. She might be a model, but there again, you don't have to be that good looking to be a model. And then there was also the uh, the case of that little packet of stuff that fell out of her bag that I thought was talcum powder, but the papers seemed to think was cocaine. So they phoned up and asked her agent, is she taking cocaine? A fairly straightforward question, you would think. It's like, you know, does she drink Ribena? It's a similar sort of question, you know, does she take cocaine? We have no comment to make at all. So let's take that as a yes. Should we take it as a yes? Otherwise, a, a no would be a, an outrage. Don't be so ridiculous. She's a, a role model to lots of young girls who want to be like her. Of course, not if she takes cocaine. So they say nothing. But let's say, somebody's written in the paper today saying, is it going to harm a career if it is cocaine? They've said, no, of course it won't. Everybody knows that models take cocaine. I'm just so glad I never did drugs. I'm so pleased I never went down that sort of sad, lonely route of sticking half a ton of Colombian marching powder up your nostril. Never interested me at all, I'm afraid. Perhaps I missed out on something. Perhaps I missed out. Perhaps, you know, I, I, should, have, I should have done something. Oh, by the way, get ready for snow showers. I know I, I'm sorry I said this yesterday, but I'm saying it again. They said in the middle of May, snow is heading for Britain. Now, where it hits is anybody's guess. I don't, I don't quite know where it's going to hit. I just know we're going to have snow. And this morning, when you step outside, you know, you'll be back inside putting your thermals on and changing the jacket, because I've had to bring my, my bigger jacket in this morning, because it is noticeably cold. So if you're waking up, coming into work, or you're heading off to go and work on another radio station, and you're thinking to yourself, what shall I wear today? My advice would be a jumper. Seriously, and a thick coat and perhaps a hat. Tuck your hair underneath it. I mean, I, I didn't wear a hat today. I could have done. I nearly did. I nearly, nearly did a hat. But then I thought, no, no, for goodness sake, Stephen, it's not, it's not winter. Although it blooming well feels like it when, when you're out there. 84850, uh Another one here. And uh, what's this one? This one here. I love getting, I love emails and, and texts and everything else, which is lovely. 
and uh, oh, thing from Channel 4. I love Channel 4. I do like it. I don't like The Apprentice. Is The Apprentice Channel 4? Is that bit? Oh, it's BBC, isn't it? Perhaps it should be Channel 4. I don't know. That's it's that kind of thing. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. And uh, another one. Oh, still listening, Peter Lacey. Oh, lovely sweet pea. Still single. Dear, never mind. But at least you're still listening. Fantastic. I love it. If you're still listening, I'm very grateful. You just you just make up the uh, huge audience at this time of the morning because it is the biggest audience in London. What is everybody listening to in the capital? They're listening to LBC 97.3. London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Hello. 13 minutes to uh, five is the time. Wonderful lunch Noreen had the other day. She says, uh, we never shut up. She sent a photo as well. I think it needs turning. It does. Janet took it. You've met her several times at the shows. Please wish Amanda a very happy birthday, please. So, happy birthday, Amanda. I didn't see Skint on TV. These really run-down estates. No jobs, no money, kids running riot, teenagers, not little ones. They were all on benefits, but smoking and drinking. The language was divine. Yes, I never quite understand why we give benefits to these people. Surely if you want to get them off their bums, get them out there working. Don't give them benefits. What's the incentive? Oh, can't find anything to do. Well, go sweep streets. Go do something. You'd think for a sense of pride you'd want to do something, wouldn't you? Make your neighbourhood look tidy. No, we quite like the run-down, burnt-out cars in the road. It kind of adds to it, doesn't it, really? There's a... And you think to yourself, my God, you're miserable now. You wait till you get to your middle 50s. You're going to be so miserable. The rest of us, of course, will be laughing like drains, I'm afraid. Uh, so I'm glad you all had a good time yesterday, Noreen. And uh, will the rain never stop? Well, it's stopped today. It's just gone cold. And it could be snowing, could be snowing, uh, m- middle of next week, I should imagine, uh, which will be interesting. And, uh, and Jill says, have you won the lottery? I am not at liberty to discuss any of my monetary wins. But the good news is, the producer is going to be living ten years longer than she thought she was yesterday. Because apparently, women with big bums get to live ten years longer. We don't know why... But it, it's, what you have to do is you have to, if you're pear-shaped, you to, see, men don't get this, but women, you can be pear-shaped, Jennifer Lopez, and you store fat, it's all, it's all terribly scientific, in your bottom rather than tummies. So, in other words, a woman who's 30 with an hourglass figure can expect to live up to nine and a half years longer than someone with a bulging waistline. Because it's better to have it on the back than it is on the front. The findings are true for men. Beer-bellied blokes die up to 17 years before those with a washboard stomach or a six-pack. So, in other words, you don't want your fat on the front, you want it on the back. Put it on your bottom. So if you've got a big bottom, that's, that's a long life. That's what you need. That's what you need. Doctors say the perfect waistline is half your height. Right. Try and work that one out. So, um... You, what, what you have to do, how to calculate your type, is you measure your waist and height in inches, divide your waist circumference by your height. I see you've switched off already. For instance, if your waist measures 30 inches, huh, and you see, huh, and you're 5 foot 4 inches tall, 30 divided by 64 equals 0.47, and 0.47, the ratio could affect life expectancy. So 0.5, the perfect pair... 0.6 small apple, that's 1.5 years of life lost. If it's 0.8, you're the big apple, 9.5 years. And for a man, 16.7 years losing off your life. Well, I might as well give up now. I might as well give up now. I'm quite clearly never, never going to make it to Christmas, am I? 
I like the idea, actually, of not making it to Christmas. I thought about that the other day. When I walked outside this morning and it was that cold, I did think. Very interesting. Um, I have a lazy big bum, says Andrew. Been married to her for 19 years now. I know, and I bet you're blissfully happy, aren't you? I bet you're blissfully happy. Oh, it was a lovely piece in one of the papers. It wasn't in one of the papers. It's one of those tat magazines that you sort of, you read the rubbish in there. And apparently Kerry Coke Toner has been having panic attacks on tour. I know, it's in case they find out she can't sing. It's easy to keep her microphone off, let her warble away in the background. And uh, a picture of Chantelle. What does she do for a living? Answer, she doesn't do anything at all. She's just little Miss Misery. She's got one of those depressingly sad mouths that makes her look miserable all the time. And as you may know, she's got a baby because she's exploited the baby and put her in pictures. And we know she was with Alex Reed. And then Alex Reed said that the woman he's with at the moment, who's a trainer, has got the best body he's ever had. And poor old Chantelle, who's so insecure and a bit dim. In fact, well, she's quite a bit dim. Uh, then said, well, you know, I've had a baby, thinking it was referring to her. It's referring to anybody who's ever been out with Popsikins. This is Chantelle, who takes her own photographer with her to sell pictures to the papers. OK. Right. Time for the LBC Gadget giveaway, which is, uh, which is a lovely idea. Uh, 84850. Nigel's in Cork in Ireland. God, I bet it's cold over there. I bet it's freezing over there. I bet it's absolutely freezing. Although, to be honest with you, I, quite, I spoke to a, somebody once... Well, I spoke to quite a few people once, actually. But this particular person uh, used to be our wardrobe lady at Five's Company. And she had dogs, but she had a problem with neighbours. Neighbours didn't like her dogs and everything else. And she decided she was going to move to Ireland, to a little village in the middle of nowhere, where she could have her dogs and life would be idyllic. And that's exactly what she did. She went to Ireland... And she bought this place, which was in this windswept. It was overlooking the sea. It was deli- She was more than happy. See, I could live in a place like that. I could live in a place like that. Provided it had a little greenhouse. I wouldn't mind, you know, sea winds blowing in and stuff like that. As long as I had lots of tins of Heinz soup and, and stuff, you know, in, in, the, in the cupboards. I'd love that. I really like that. I could, you could sort of lose yourself, couldn't you? And become, you know, a bit self-sufficient and grow things. What, you better grow by the side of the sea? I don't know. But she did it and she said it was wonderful. She said it was absolutely amazing that nobody sort of bothered about the fact you had dogs that might bark occasionally. It just didn't make any difference at all. The one thing that could make a difference to your life is, uh, is a laptop. And you'd like to win a new Toshiba laptop, wouldn't you, today? I can tell you would. I can tell. I know. Why? Because I'm a little bit psychic. I can read the Tetley tea bags. I'm that kind of person. Because yesterday it was Linda Langley, not Linda Langley from Carshalton, who identified that Atlanta is the state capital of Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. And so she got the Android tablet yesterday. Well done to you, Linda. I hope it made your day. And they put a smile on your face. Today, it's a Toshiba laptop, boys and girls. Comes with Windows 8, preloaded. It's the satellite laptop. Check it out on the internet. You don't have to take my word for it. It's a nice piece of kit. It's perfect for everyday commuting. Sit on the train, annoy people, watch films, send your text messages, download all your family photos, put your music on there. Do everything. Do everything. It's Toshiba. It's a Toshiba. I don't need to tell you how good this thing is. So if you want to win it today, it's another one of those state capital questions. OK, you need to know the answer to this question. You ready? Brace yourselves. If you're sitting in bed, sit up. Come on, I'll wait. Sit up. So you're just lying there with your eyes half closed going, oh, I could just drift away now. And then you find a nice, nice cold bit in the bed, and that makes it quite nice, doesn't it? You found the cold bit? You found the cold bit? I oh, know. It's nice, isn't it? OK, but you want to win the, the Toshiba satellite laptop. Phoenix! Come on, even before I've said it, you know. Phoenix! OK? Phoenix is the state capital of which US state? Phoenix! Come on. Easy. 
Text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, and then your answer. Phoenix, the state of which, of which, uh, the state capital of which US state. Come on. Phoenix, ta-da. Gadget, then your answer, and send it to, you know, 84850. It's got to be here before 6.30 this morning. Got about an hour and uh, 30 minutes, an hour and 35 minutes. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. A Toshiba satellite laptop. I can see, I can see them nudging the old man. He's doing a satellite. He's doing the Toshiba. He's doing the Toshiba satellite laptop today. Come on, have a go, have a go. And it's it, and the question is, Phoenix is the state capital of. Come on, it follows through that one. Even I knew that one. Well, well, I think I knew it anyway. I think I knew it. Uh, eight four eight five zero. Stephen LBC dot co dot uk. David in uh, Streatham is, because uh, the wind is howling around there, he says, uh, I wish you'd have a lie-in as I'm off work for three weeks and fly away to the sun tomorrow. Off work for three weeks, honestly. How lovely is that? He said, if this is our summer, I'm off to the Canary Islands. As for XD Stender star, Nigel Harmon was going to the States, last seen in Shrek. Oddly enough, I remember seeing him as one of the hoofers on a carnival cruise back in the 90s. Good Lord, carnival. They were quite good carnival cruises, aren't they? John Warrington always used to uh, recommend them. He was he was a, a big fan of carnival cruises. Eight four eight five zero Steve at LBC dot co uk. Kind of weave everything in on the program this morning that you send in, including all your entries. Paul says the uh, the last time my waist was half my height, I was a day old baby. Skint was terrible. Tina says uh, any celebrity who puts the weight back on after releasing a fitness video should have to refund the public on all sales. As it's the biggest con going. I keep telling people, don't ever buy any fat old celebrities DVD. And the reason you can get for free is that your doctor, you go to the doctor, they give you a diet sheet. You know, exercise, you know what exercise is? I'll tell you now. You know, getting up, all right, if you're in bed at the moment, I know it's warm and I know it's cosy and you don't want to get up because it's cold outside and it's miserable. I know, I know, I've been in that situation. But all you have to do, if, if you've got a house... Not so easy if you've got a bungalow, admittedly, you haven't really got anywhere to go to, but just walk up and down the stairs a few times. That's called exercise. Doesn't matter how old you are. You know, if you're a little bit younger, you put a pair of shorts on, or not as the case may be, and you go out for a walk. This is a good time in the morning to go for a walk. Take a torch if you're in the countryside. I can remember going for a walk with a torch. Come on, everybody did it. And you went out there and you got some exercise. Don't waste your money on anything that Natalie Cassidy or any of these, you know, half-baked celebrities bring out. They're doing it for the money. They're not serious about it. It's a trainer. They're doing it for filthy money. So that's it. They, they all put the weight back on again. You watch. By the end of this year, Josie Gibson will be as fat as a whale. Uh, 84850. Steve, re-wheelchair abuse. Jim Davidson would give free entry to his show several years ago. On one occasion, the chair was left behind at the end of the show. A miracle. An absolute miracle. You will walk. No. Yes, you will walk. I get that at the Steve Allen shows. When I do my live shows, we have a lot of people who come in there because they don't want to go to Lourdes. They decide it's cheaper to come to me. And we have people down the front. I do the laying on of the hands and mutter a few incantations. And people get up and walk. Run. Some of them run back to their seats. It's a miracle. So quite clearly you get the same at a, at, a, at a Jim Davidson show. I personally wouldn't be going to a Jim Davidson show with or without a wheelchair, but that's just my personal opinion, ladies and gentlemen. Um, other story here. Do you know, an incredible 90% of Brits will not tell their partners that their cooking is awful. We don't need to. They don't cook. 
It's as simple as that. Most I don't cook. But what's the point? I don't buy ready meals. I've stopped buying those completely. And I'll tell you what I had the other day. I'd, I'd, I went to um, Waterloo Station yesterday morning, and they've got one of those West Country Pasty Company things. Have you seen them? Ooh, get a pasty here. They're all handmade on the premises. Yeah, right. I've seen them arriving in, in boxes. And they do in the morning, they do a bacon roll. Okay, which is passable. But what they do as well is a Cumberland sausage in a roll. Well, if this thing contained meat, I'm Dutch. In fact, so much so, I'm sending it off to have it analysed. Because having discovered that Richmond sausages are only 42% meat, God alone knows what the rest of the rubbish in there is, these sausages on sale yesterday. I literally, I bit into it and I thought, it tastes like sawdust. You know, it might be cooked on the outside, but this thing, I don't think it had any meat in it at all. So I'm sending it off to have it analysed and I shall let you know what the outcome is. Because, to be honest with you, if somebody says this is Cumberland sausage, I'm expecting a Cumberland sausage. I'm expecting the right amount of meat. You know, if I don't get my meat quota, I can be really, really angry. And I sat there on the train yesterday, hemmed in by a lot of sweaty commuters. Quite ghastly, some of them, really, honestly. Somebody, there was one bloke opened up a Tupperware box and started putting together a sandwich. Making, I thought perhaps it was a Blue Peter program. I looked around for the camera. I'm thinking perhaps we're on television, perhaps it's, you know, see people's reaction. He gets a Tupperware box out, puts it on his lap, and he starts assembling a roll with salad and tomato. And I thought, are we being filmed for something here? I sat there, I tell you, I immersed myself in my diabetic magazine, letting everybody know at any moment now it's about to get a needle out and stick it into my stomach, just to really freak them out. Oh, look, it's the news at five. On FM, online and digital radio, London's big... I've ever read. Oh, there you are. Hello. Nice to have you company. Welcome along. Wednesday morning in London town. It's Christmas. No, sorry. It just feels like Christmas because the weather is so atrocious at the moment. It's not raining as yet. Not not round here. It probably will be. Sh- it rained overnight. I know that because when I went to bed, my water butt was was three quarters empty. I went up past it this morning. It's full. So it must have rained very heavily overnight. I bought some pots yesterday, did all of that kind of stuff and sort of replanted some more fuchsias. It's all looking a bit good. Gave them a little bit of a drenching. Not they needed to. I tell you, everything's getting absolutely soaking wet at the moment. Uh, in the papers today, it's all the, uh, the uh, Tia Sharp, the mum fury at the picture which was shown to the court of her daughter, uh, either asleep or taken after she'd died, we don't know. Uh, Angelina Jolie, the story which we told you yesterday is breaking news. I can't remember what time we did it. We did it very early. That she's had this double mastectomy and Brad Pitt has said he's very proud of her and everybody else has said that you know they're very pleased. So that takes up a lot of a lot of the uh, the papers today. In fact, it's front page. Uh, Corey's Ken in court over the rape of a girl 15. Uh, two charges and uh, now they will prepare the case and so we'll be watching it. This picture of the papers him arriving at court signing autographs. And, uh, and then there's the bus driver who developed diabetes and he was sacked. He was sacked by the bus company. He's a double-decker London bus driver. His name's David Hoggett. He was fired, uh, his solicitor claimed, after winning the tribunal, to make way for cheaper Polish drivers at half the cost. He's 58. He'd worked uh, for a company called Abellio London Limited. Um, and the firm employed to provide drivers for the famous red buses in the city and parts of Surrey. He claimed sick pay when he was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, took several months to respond to vitamin D medication last summer. Bosses sacked him on medical grounds of capability. He then sued the company for unfair dismissal and discrimination on the grounds of his disability. 
Apparently, diabetes is a disability now. I'm fully fledged. I'm a full paid-up card-carrying member. And I'm not sure whether or not... I mean, he did get £60,000, but to be honest, in the back of my mind, there are certain jobs that you can't get if you're a diabetic. And I would have thought that driving a bus would have been one of them. And the only reason I say that is because I'm on a restricted licence. I'm on a three-year licence because of my diabetes and the fact that it might get, it might get bad. We don't know if it's going to get worse or if, you know, we just happily toddle through life like it. But that's the kind of thing. I'm not sure if having diabetes means that you can drive buses. I, I really don't know. I, don't, I know it makes it difficult if you're a, an airline pilot or a fire engine driver, anything like that, anything whereby you could go under and you could endanger people's lives. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. He's saying it was that and also the fact they were looking for, for cheaper people. He got £10,000 in injury to feelings compensation and two years of his salary. So he got £56,976. Two years' salary was forty-seven seven grand. So, you know, apparently he says £29,000 a year. Cheaper drivers, fourteen or £15,000. Well, to be honest with you, I was just, what was I saying to somebody the other day? We were working out, you know, when people from Romania come here. And I said, well, the average wage in Romania for most people is about nine grand a year. They'd, they'd, be, they'd be stupid not to turn up here. Stupid not to turn up here to earn, to earn lots more money. They don't have to go picking fruit, you know, in fields anymore. They can go and do anything at all. It's all perfectly legal. Uh, more on The Apprentice and uh, the stories here. It's, uh, I mean, it really is dreadful, actually. I mean, they, they have no intelligence whatsoever, these people. Apart from that, there's this funny Welsh man with the, with the eyebrows who's, who's just odd. In fact, there's something the matter with all of them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want any of them moving in next door to me at all. Thank you very much indeed. Don't forget the LBC Gadget giveaway for today. This is what... Go on, nudge him again. Go on. Steve Allen's doing it. You can win a Toshiba laptop. Preloaded with Windows 8. It's all in there. Go on. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him now. You can win a Toshiba. Steve Allen's doing a Toshiba laptop. He's not. He is. Where? LBC. You're joking. What, at ten past five in the morning? Yep. He's not. He is. Okay, the rate. It's a Toshiba laptop. It's a Toshiba. Yesterday, Linda Langley from Carl Scholten, another happy winner. We should perhaps print pictures of all the winners. People should send in a picture holding their prize, going, yeah, I won on the Steve Allen show. And she identified that Atlanta is the state capital of Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Today, which is the state capital of which state? Okay, Phoenix. Phoenix, come on, is the state capital of which US state? To enter, text the word gadget. So easy. Followed by your answer. Phoenix is the state capital of which US state? It's Phoenix. Come on. And you send that answer to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text will cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network and full terms and conditions are online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck for the Toshiba laptop. Nice, isn't it? I like things like that. Very, very happy with a Toshiba, Toshiba laptop. Um, the weather today wouldn't be at all surprised if we didn't get the snow oop here first in the Manchesterford area. For two days on the trot, we've had thunder, lightning, torrential rain, and on Monday, says Paul, hailstones the size of golf balls. I was on the lookout for the brook that runs through the park opposite as parting in Ten Commandments style. It was so bad. Did you see Alan Sugar more or less taking over Graham Norton's show last week? Your new bestest friend, Miss Coleman, was on there. I know. I know. And by the way, re your mention of Sid James, our Facebook friend, Mike, reminded us last week that the 8th of May was the centenary 
of the great man's birth. Still so much missed. Yes, Sid James, who I think was Sid in every film. Was that how it worked? In every film he played Sid. His character was called Sid. South African came over, and uh, I've got him in all sorts of films, not just the carry-ons, but in all sorts of films. Uh, On the subject of Beyoncé, she's a bit of a Nando's fan. I've only ever been in Nando's once. That's the only... We have one in Richmond. I've never been in it, though. And after spending 750 quid in there in one sitting, I'd say she is. I mean, really, all this superficial, healthy lifestyle of these top celebrities makes me sick. Stuffing her face with 700 quid's worth of Nando's chicken. I mean, what... is, Is that all they do in Nando's? They just do chicken. How dull. How boring. Is that it? They just do chi- oh, chicken and chips. Oh, right. And coleslaw. Oh, right. It's a bit unexciting, isn't it? It's really nice. It's just, but it's like chicken. It's just chicken. It's not sort of chicken. Is it just rotisserie chicken? Is it grilled chicken? Is it fried chicken? What is it? What sort of chicken is it? Grilled chicken. Is it really good quality chicken? Or is it like poor chickens that barely live their lives out? Different sauces. Oh, right. So, so do you have a whole chicken arriving at the table? Oh, right. You can have a whole chi- how, how much would a whole chicken be arriving at the table? A tenner. Good Lord, you can get them for about £2 in the supermarket. Bit of a markup, isn't it, for an old chicken? And so you rip it apart, caveman style, and you dip it in sauces. And this apparently is called luxury eating. Comes marinated. Good Lord, honestly, there's no end to the excitement here. And it's, it's chicken dishes from which, which country would they be? It would be Portuguese, Portuguese chicken. So it's obviously a way of doing it. It's an obviously a way of cooking chicken. I've only been once, but I can't remember what we had. I suppose it must have been chicken. I don't think of anything else if that's all they do. Is that the place where they have Smarties on their dessert thing? And you have ice cream and you go and put Smarties on it. Oh, that's Pizza Hut, is it? <laughs> right. And, and well, let's have a look here. And their, their desserts, what sort of things they do. Oh, it's £10 for a chicken. Of course, oh, you can have gooey caramel cheesecake. Sounds quite nice, doesn't it? Not really. Carrot cake. Oh, dear, sounds horrible. And then they've got something called Natter. A wantingly tempting custard tart. Naughty but nice. Not for you fatties, not for you fatties. They're getting excited about that. But uh, but you can have your, your mains. So they do chicken butterfly, succulent chicken breasts in crispy skin. Really, really unhealthy. I could tell you that now because I'm a diabetic. And they say, you can eat chicken. Eat chicken, but don't have the skin. The skin is the bit with all the badness in it. A quarter of chicken leg. £7.20. How big are these chickens? A quarter. That includes two sides. What, of the chicken leg? Well, I'm hoping so. Otherwise, how would it support itself? Was it the chicken just one-legged? It just sort of kind of fell over. Oh, side orders. Half a chicken is nine ninety-five. Blimey. With side orders. You can have a whole chicken here. Is that a whole chicken? Chicken butterfly? Oh, no, it's just chicken breast. £10. God, it's not cheap. Five chicken wings, £8.40. Blimey. Very expensive. I mean, round our way, we, we've got one of these better-buy chicken shops... You know, come and buy our lovely chicken from overseas. And they do they do three hot wings, a piece of pizza, some garlic bread and a Coke for £1.60. So Nando's is terribly expensive. And my other place around our way is obviously very, very good value. Or rubbish, depending on which way you look at it. I'm inclined to uh, to think probably rubbish, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not a, not a big fan of local chicken shops, I'm afraid. Kentucky or otherwise. As I say, it's all wonderful, I'm sure, but don't eat the skin. The skin, not very good for you at all. Uh, well done to Angelina Jolie, says Jane Moore, for speaking out about uh, a double mastectomy. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. There's lots of people who don't talk about it. And I'm delighted to say that in all the years that I've been broadcasting, people now talk about things. We never used to talk about it before, did we? You know, people openly talk about it. And, and it's good. We don't, we, we don't talk about testicular cancer very often. Because for some reason, men are not very good about talking about things like that. They don't like sort of, they don't like worrying the doctor. Whereas the wife is saying, go on, go on. Uh, 84850, Alan from Eltham says, there's a toilet in Covent Garden that's been for four years. I know, I've been in that pub as well. It's horrible, isn't it? Oh, sorry, a proper toilet. Okay, as opposed to just some garbage place. He says, uh, and now they've suddenly decided to charge 50 pence to use it. I know. I went the other day, we were walking through, and if you're diabetic... Sometimes you have to go to toilet. Sometimes you have to go to toilet. And rush down there. How many people carry 50 pences? Luckily, we had one. Luckily, we had one. Uh, one here from Jazz, who says, I hear you right, it's going to snow in London. Wow. Mick the Milk says, you lose your licence when you're type 1. Any large truss... Truss or buck. Bus or truck. A truss. Imagine driving a truss. <laughs> a lovely idea, ladies and gentlemen. But I, I thought that's how it was, actually. I thought that's how it was. If you've got type 1 diabetes, because there is that danger, isn't there? They can't really sort of um, do anything. Apparently the chicken is part-boiled, Fernando, says Roger. It's South African-owned basing, basing food on Portuguese recipes. Just kind of chicken, in it? You know, at the end of the day, it's chicken. Quite expensive chicken, although it's making us all very hungry around here this morning. It really is making us very hungry. But uh, still living from Bolivia, they did a great programme. Oh, we're going to take a break. But they did a great programme on the television. You know where they found these um, uh, skulls which were carved out of crystal? They did those, and it turns out, of course, they're all fake. They're all fakes. And they were sort of passed around the antiques world, and Tiffany's bought one, and the British Museum had got one, and they're all fakes. They're modern-day fakes. I say modern-day, made in about late 1800s, but they're all fakes. How do they know that? You can't carbon date this stuff. They know by the methods of carving it, because they didn't come in till later. So they know that they're fakes. Nasty, isn't it? These headlines with Dan Whitehead. The reports found 6% of A&E department. Morning on the shocking case of the paedophile ring operating in Oxford. He'll be asking... You know, is it a problem in the Asian community? And it's amazing how split they will be. They'll have one man saying that we shouldn't stereotype Pakistani men and Mohammed Shafiq from the Ramadan Foundation saying that it is a problem. It is a problem within the community. There are paedophile rings operating. He actually knew some of the perpetrators in the Rochdale case. And now we've got this latest one. Well, it must be. Because they've got access to drugs. I'll be, to be honest with you, I wouldn't know where you went to buy crack cocaine. Well, actually, I'd tell a lie. I probably would. I would round here. So Nick will be talking about that. Plus, BP and Shell raided in the oil price rigging investigation. How seriously do we take mental health in this country? And have you lost touch with a friend or a family member? How important is it to stay in touch? All of that and more with Nick Ferrari this morning. From 7 on LBC 97.3. Susan Bookbind is here at 6.30. On The Apprentice, you know it's a bunch... I think they're a bunch of frauds, to be honest with you. They have no... They have no gift of business whatsoever. Some of them are too stupid. They can't even write their own names. You know, to know, you know, that you don't go to Chinatown to sell lucky cats would have to be one of the dumbest things you've ever seen. And to pitch up at nine o'clock in the morning, too stupid for words, these people. So anyway, they fired them, which was good news. But there's somebody else on there at the moment. This is Natalie Panei who is hiding a secret past. She's foul-mouthed. I don't know if you've seen her on the television. I mean, this woman claims to be some sort of businesswoman. Well, I think, frankly, it's do wa diddy land um, She claims to be the complete package in business. She chased 
uh, fame as a member of the trio Candy. A little bit old and minging, I think, to be doing anything like that. The group's former manager branded the hopeful foul mouths and fame hungry. Sheldon Scott Dawkins says, I pity Lord Sugar because Natalie was a nightmare. She couldn't bear not to be the centre of attention. Well, she knows nothing about business whatsoever. She's demonstrated a complete lack of of intelligence on the programme, like indeed have all of them. I don't think there's anybody on there at all who you could possibly trust with anything at all. You certainly wouldn't trust her because she doesn't know anything and she is... Really disgusting. I mean, I've never heard somebody with a foul mouth, but you look at the picture of her when she was in this, this little girly group, and you think to yourself, yes, I think we know what you are, dear. You're a failed person. You probably tried for loads of other TV programmes and managed to get on this one, trying to pretend, you know, that you're sort of some sort of business person. You're nothing of the kind. I think all these people are fraudulent. I think they're just lying, but then, you know, people are saying anything to get on television, won't they? Uh, Alex Mills is one of the eyebrows. He's, um, he's, he's just somewhat camp as a Christmas tree, I'm afraid. And uh, he had uh, 11,000 brow-related tweets during the first episode. The trouble is, he's another one who doesn't know what he's talking about. They all spout gobbledygook. Have you noticed? They sp- the kind of, you know, any, any decent person worth their weight in, in, in anything, and I include Alan Sugar in it, can wipe the floor with these people. They're so dim. They are really so dim. It's just so embarrassing, I'm afraid. Uh, Steve says, Nando's Chicken... Comes from the same supplier as Costco. Oh, right. I haven't bought Costco's chicken either, so it doesn't really help. I only want decent quality chicken. I want decent quality chicken. They used to do... I'm not bothered with it's corn-fed or anything like that. I just like a nice plump chicken. You know, like something that tastes like chicken. I'm not sure. I mean, in the early days, when you used to buy Kentucky Fried Chicken, you used to get a whole box full of chips. They'd do the box of chips, then the chicken on the top. And I can remember we go, wow. And then now they actually put put the chips in little tiny paper packages, which is really cheap and horrible. And they're not proper chips anyway. They're just sort of like these little fries because we're so American. You know, and, and the chicken. I mean, as I say, you get Kentucky Fried Chicken, which is fried, but it's steamed fried. It's a bit complicated. Uh, you don't want it when it's just been made because it'll take the roof of your mouth off. You literally need it after it's been left for a while and dried out a bit because otherwise it's horrible. And all the other places, you know, which are out there, sort of, you know, chickens are us and chickens for, for everybody kind of shops, which look as though they were failed Kentuckys. Many of them were. They had the licences taken away because they were cheating and using cheap ingredients. And, uh, and having had some pretty lacklustre food from Waterloo Station, I could tell you, you really need to decide where to spend your money. You really do. It's, it's, it's poor, to say the least. There's another one of these pasty firms downstairs near, near the McDonald's. Well, they quite clearly can't cook bacon for love and money. They think it's got to be burnt. Burnt bacon. Have you ever seen like it? You break your teeth on it. It's bacon. I mean, well, it's, it, this isn't even crispy. This just looks like old and horrible. I mean, seriously. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised there's been no sort of um, food companies going down there with a film crew filming these places. It's ghastly. The rubbish that you're served up in the morning at stations. They go, oh, they don't care. I don't think the staff there care, actually, which is a shame. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. One here, and this is from... Uh, I went to Nando's twice. I had a, a delicious couscous salad. Right, lovely. So they do vegetarian stuff as well. I suppose you can go anyway, can't you? Just have a salad. Lumi, which is lovely. Uh, if the uh, the wind and cold is not enough to make today a bad Wednesday, I've just managed to drop and break my LBC mug. A mug I've been drinking my morning tea out of since winning it on an Adrian Love quiz night. It lasted years and years and years and it broke 
clean in two. Oh, dear. Oh, well. Never to be had again, I'm afraid. He says, uh, we're smiling at the old EastEnders cast members trying to make it big in America. I think the only one who managed it was Sean Maguire. You mentioned James Alexandru. Uh, I've seen him treading the boards around London in recent years, but nothing major, which is a surprise, as there was some talent there. Well, that's why people were hoping he was going to go into Equus. There was that, uh, you know, thing that he was going to be stripping off for Equus, and then he decided not to do it, presumably, you know, because he didn't want to take his clothes off, whereas Daniel Radcliffe had no hesitation whatsoever. Even in the auditions, Daniel Radcliffe took all his clothes off, which I think shows great fortitude, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> great fortitude, and, uh, and well, j- just, just being clever, I suppose. Uh, could be wrong, but um, I write in thinking your favourite bus driver, Dan, is diabetic. Um, I can't remember if Dan... Oh, now you've asked. I can't remember if Dan is diabetic. He might be listening this morning. Um, he says, I only ask, because didn't you mention him wanting to use the loo at a travel lodge and not being allowed to? What, was that him? I don't know, some people remember better things than me. I can't remember if Dan is a diabetic. Is he diabetic or is he just tablet? Is he t- I'm, I'm sure that there is one form of diabetes, and it could be type 1, where they won't let you drive a bus or fly a plane or, or become a firefighter or something like that. I think so. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I, I was always pretty certain that there was some form of discrimination because it's... Uh, it's a life-threatening illness, diabetes. You know, it really is. It's the kind of thing that, you know, you can, you can lose every which way. Every which way. Uh, 84850, oh, uk. Find another one here. Wait a minute, I've lost this thing here. Um, oh, yes. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, Lindsay wrote to me. She is the mum of Edward Hilsom. You know, we had him at our, my magic show at the Magic Circle. He was the young man with the doves. Well, he's, uh, he's taken his final exams and now embarks on his magical career. His first project is going to be a variety night at the Magic Circle on the 6th of June. He's produced it. It'll be one of the acts alongside with his little assistants. And you can buy tickets on the Magic Circle website. So there you go. Uh, well, he's, he's doing exams at uni, so he's finished exams and now he's going on. You, do, you can do exams in magic as well, it has to be said. Uh, weather for today, I wish him well for that, Lindsay. I'm sure it'll go very well indeed. Windy start. Oh, they're not kidding. Little rain around, sunshine moving in by the afternoon, also a few sharp showers. Wind easing through the day, the high 12 degrees centigrade. Currently it's 7 so it's going to get, oh, it's not very much, is it, really? We're all going to freeze to death, I think. Currently, it's seven. Uh, tonight, any showers will die away to leave a clear and chilly night. Minimum seven degrees centigrade. Tomorrow, cool start. Sunny throughout the morning. Cloud developing with some showers in the afternoon. Feeling warm in the sunshine. Fifteen degrees It's apparently feeling warm in the sunshine, ladies and gentlemen. Friday, cloudy with some rain. Saturday, generally dry day with some sunshine and light winds. And Sunday, sunshine and showers, which is nice. Lovely. I'm having dinner with uh, with John Warrington next Saturday, and then on Monday I'm going to this food tasting somewhere. I can't There's a big food fair taking place somewhere in London, and uh, I'm going to that. And there'll be lots of tastings, and should be should be quite wonderful actually. Should be quite wonderful. Uh, more which uh, Nick Ferrari will be covering this morning is in all the papers today on the seven members of a child sex ring. Uh, a bunch of perverts, you'd be hard pushed to find anywhere else. Uh, they force teenage girls into acts of extreme depravity. And uh, I'm quite sure that once they, once they reach prison, I'm sure that the people, you know, in there will be showing their appreciation in the only way they know how in prison. Uh, together with the fact that uh, the Arsenal fan, who's been jailed for stealing jewellery from ex-Chelsea boss, is it Jose Mourinho? Jose Mourinho had £106,000 worth of jewellery. That's a lot of jewellery. Apparently he was staying in a, in a suite in London uh, at the 
The Chelsea Wyndham Grand Hotel. Gee, I must be out on a limb, because I've never even heard of the Chelsea Wyndham Grand Hotel. Which is in Chelsea, I'm assuming. But anyway, what he actually got from uh, from Jose Mourinho was Cartier pendant diamond earrings. Bit camp, in it, for an ex-football manager? I mean, is that the normal thing to be wearing nowadays? Uh, a Bulgari white gold watch and a ring that was worth 51000 alone. He packed his loot into a Louis Vuitton suitcase and calmly asked the concierge to book him a taxi and made his getaway. He was arrested two weeks later, trying to burgle a suite at another London hotel. His name is uh, Jamie Phelan. He's a rather silly little girl's blouse. And those, I mean, to be honest with you, um, Jamie, it's a, lot, it's a lot better that you're in prison. Because drop earrings, dear, not you at all. I've looked at a picture of you. You're going to look ridiculous in them. But in prison, they'll, they'll probably enjoy you even more, I should imagine. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Wednesday morning in London town. It's a bit like winter out there today. Wrap up warm. It's 5.30. Morning, Dan. Type 2. Thank you. Type 2. Type 2. Uh, Gary. Says, uh, you talking of chicken this morning has prompted me to thank you for bringing to our attention farm shops. I only ever now buy my chicken breast from my local farm shop. What a difference to the taste. He said, love the competition this morning. I have recently purchased a Toshiba laptop. And it's great. He said, also had a very good week away with my two triathlons. I won my age group in the first one of the season. The rain stayed away. This morning at around 0700, I shall be doing an open water swim at Denham Lake. Oh, no. I can't do it, because he does triathlons. Uh, testing out my new wetsuit I bought yesterday, ready for this weekend's triathlon. Oh, no. I couldn't swim in anything where I didn't know what was under the water. I've, I, I could do a swimming pool. I understand swimming pools. But I, I, couldn't, I couldn't swim through Denham Lake. I mean, you don't know what... You know, there might be things under there which might grab you and drag you under the water. Oh, no, with or without a wetsuit. Oh, no, the very idea of something touching your feet. Oh, no, 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 no. Not for me, I'm afraid. So, good luck with that one, Gary. You're just so fit now. I remember you when you weren't fit. Uh, 84850, uk, And this one from Freddie, who says, New listener, love the show. A couple of gripes. Is there anything more frustrating than being on a train in the quiet zone than one or a group of people with extra high-powered headphones on or nattering on the phone as if they're having to care? Oh, I tell them. I go, <coughs> excuse me, no phones, OK? You want to use your phone? Go somewhere else. Oh, I tell them. Oh, absolutely, I tell them. Most people just tut and moan to themselves. No, no, no. Point it out to somebody. Excuse me, this is no phone. Hello? Oi! No phone. Oh, I tell them. Oh, if necessary, I'll open the door and push them out. I'm not bothered about that in the slightest. Always tell them. Always tell them. You know, if, if you... I mean, what we did before mobile phones, I've got no idea. People sit there chattering away on the bus in the morning. Like, Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? You know, seven o'clock in the morning. Can't be anybody. I've got a phone with me now, but, I mean, it doesn't ring. Well, I mean, it does ring occasionally. It doesn't, doesn't ring very often, but, you know, sometimes it rings. Uh, anyway, living near the Mumbles, the home of Eurovision warbler Bonnie Tyler, I'm seriously consider flying to Mars to avoid Bonnie Watch. Hopefully her Botox-infested face isn't viewable from there, but I have my doubts. It's not... Well, I mean, it's, well, it's the worst song we've ever had, apparently. Nobody's voting. Nobody's voting. It's, it's a shame. Mind you see, I liked the Engelbert Humperdinck song of the other year. I really did. Or was it year before? Whatever it was, it was very good, and nobody else liked it. I was the only one. It's a shame, really. My wife loves Bonnie Tyler, though, so I had to endure the one show with her and equally giddy Alex Jones rabbiting on about the thing, and it can only get worse the closer it gets. And then she watched the semi-finals on something called BBC Three with the most irritating Scott Mills commentating. Does he realise he's not funny? Terrible thing to say about somebody. 
Everyone's above. I mean, he might not be the funniest person in the world, but at least he makes an effort. I mean, Alex Jones is about as funny as a serious illness, I'm afraid. Every time I see her on the... Pro- it's just so awful. And I'll tell you what's even worse. That dreadful cooking programme with that Faulkner woman. She cannot present for toffee on the telly. It's awful. It's just lame. I get, I get very cross when there's bad presentation on the, on the television because I'm thinking I'm paying for this. Not, not directly, it has to be said. I'm not directly paying for it, but indirectly I'm paying. I don't like paying to go to the toilet in Covent Garden. I think that's, that used to be free. 50 pence to, you know, to go for, spend a penny now. It's just, it's quite ridiculous. I mean, why can't they make it 10p or 20p? 50 pence. Don't you think that's outrageous? I do in London if you're really caught short. Um, Tish says, I put my thermals back on. It's so cold. It is. And uh, one here. Hi, Alan. Good morning. It's a bit rude, isn't it? Hi, Alan. God, blimey. And uh, it says, uh, I'm Portuguese. Portuguese. Hello. Hello. How are you? It says, allow me to say Nando's is far from being Portuguese. Try Lisboa Grill, Brixton Hill. They do real piri-piri chicken. And as for natta cake, custard cake, try Lisboa Bakery. Good God, it's all going on round your neck of the woods, isn't it? And uh, in the South Lambeth Road, I couldn't eat custard cake, actually. I do like custard, but not custard cake. Regarding train passengers, I was on the train to Brighton on Monday, and there were two passengers fighting like dogs with skateboards. Very scary, being the last train leaving Brighton for London. Um, Jules says, re-diabetes, you used to lose your licence for type 1, but the law changed, so you can have a PCV licence on a yearly review basis. DVLA confirmed this to me last week. Yes, I'm on three-year licence. Three-year licence. Don't you think Alan Sugar looks like Sid James? No. Not in the slightest. I <laughs> can't do an impression, actually. Uh, Robert says, I'm on a restricted licence and I'm on insulin. I think that uh, that if you're on the tablets, you don't have to let the DVLA know. No, it's on insulin, you have to tell them. But I do insulin and tablets. Whoopee! Fully, fully paid-up member of the diabetic club, I think, with insulin and tablets. And then you go on restricted licence. Although I know somebody who is diabetic, who is insulin-dependent, and who hasn't even told DVLA. I must have told them some years ago. I know somebody who's driving them who hasn't told them. If you want tasty chicken, says Ian, eat guinea fowl. Simples. I couldn't eat guinea fowl. What did I have once? Are they small guinea fowl? I had this little tiny thing on a plate in Vienna once, and to be honest with you, I thought this thing had died of malnutrition. And it, no, it wasn't Poussin. It was, it was something else. It might have been guinea fowl. It was very tiny. Very, very, and I looked at it on the plate and I had two. And I thought, imagine if I had to get two birds on one plate. And then I thought, well, I've seen Made in Chelsea and the only way is Essex and it's not too difficult. And, and I was thinking to myself, you know, and I looked at it and I thought, I, can't, I don't generally eat anything that looks like the item it was when it was walking about. And I feel it's like I, I could never eat rabbit. And they used to have a thing, I remember seeing it in a butcher shop once, and it might have been the Edgeway Road or something like that, and it was a sheep's head, minus all the, it just had its eyes bulged. And I thought, oh no, oh, I'm terribly sorry, I can't do things like that. A bit funny, aren't I? I think that's quite normal, though, to be sort of worried about stuff like that. It's like every time I hear people talk about pig's trotters, now you can eat them, I keep thinking, I don't think so. Not in my world. Not in my world. I'm just eating normal stuff. Well, as normal as it can be. As normal as it can be. Coming up on In Conversation this week... Fern Britain will be in. We love Fern Britain. We love Fern Britain. And uh, she's uh, she's good. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Here's Carol Vorderman. 
Still looking her age, but there you go. She's 163, I think, now. And she's totting around in heels that really very bad for you. Now, you remember last time, Carol, you had to have your nose altered after you fell off your shoes. And here you are again. Do you not have a jacket, dear? I'm just wondering, you know, you're buying a lot of dresses that don't seem to fit you. They're a little bit too tight. You know, it's, 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 it's great, you know, if, if you think you've got a nice figure. But I think you should wear something more in keeping with your age. A shroud would be quite interesting. I think so. Actually, talking of shrouds, did you read the story in the paper today? Probably haven't, because you're probably still in bed. And it's a story of, of a funeral. And they were just about to have the funeral, and people are filing past the coffin, and the man moved in it. And the first person there went, he move! He move! And he was still alive. They thought he'd actually... Uh, I thought he'd actually died, but he hadn't. We've had cases like this before, haven't we, in mortuaries, where all of a sudden the person under the sheet moves. must be very frightening if you wake up in a mortuary. Imagine if you wake up in the middle of the night in the mortuary and you're in one of the fridges. That sounds like a horror story, doesn't it? Would you wake up? Well, you might do if you'd been... If you're in a fridge... Well, I don't know. They're at- yeah, so I don't know. Imagine you look to one side and think, Hello? What's this thing on my toe? It's my name. They put my name on my toe. How sweet. But this bloke woke up. And so they, they sort of brought him back to life again, as it were. Cool. Enough to send you round the bed. Bend. And, uh, well, we wouldn't be walking round the bed, would you? When I was seven, says the producer, I went on holiday to France with my whole family. Me, my sister and my cousin all innocently ordered Long de Boeuf. What is it? What is it? Oh, is it tongue? Oh, it's tongue. Oh, it is tongue. Oh, right. The whole family let us order it without telling us what it was and watched and laughed. When we realised it, having eaten a bit, they thought it was all very funny. Yes, yeah, see, I wouldn't... Tongue, I'm not... It looks like tongue, doesn't it? I know. And it's... it's. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I oh, think that's just scream out loud. I don't think we eat stuff like that. I mean, I can't eat anything like that at all. They were doing a programme on the television last night. It's a place in America where they do barbecue and they do ribs. And if you've never been to a good rib place, because we don't have them in this country, because our meat isn't up to the same standard as in America. In America, they've got um, a place over there. They had one over here. I can't remember what it was called, but they did steak and ribs. But in America, it's ten times better, because their meat is ten times better. And unless you've had ribs that literally fall off the bone, with apologies to vegetarians who might be listening, going, don't feel well, don't feel well, he's talking about meat, or meat is murder. And uh, unless you've had meat that falls off the bone, you haven't lived... And it re- and this place was doing meat that fell off the bone. They were coating it, shoving it in this oven, barbecuing it, and it looked absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious. And oh, it was called the Outback. I've just remembered the Outback. And they opened one in Staines. Now, it might still be there, as far as I know, but it turns out that the, the meat quality isn't the same. Isn't the same as they get in America. In America, it really is good. Can I get you anything else? Would you like a side order of, um, what do they do? Onion rings. But they do proper onion. Ours over here, we've got no taste at all. I bought some onions the other day. Anything tasted less like an onion. I'm sure years ago, things tasted like onions. They don't taste like onions now. They just tasted a, tasted a bit bland, I'm afraid. So, uh, so not there. Steve, I'm enjoying uh, Channel 4's cooking programme for Lisa Faulkner. Eye candy for sure. Oh, she's dreadful, Dan. She can't present for toffee. She's going out with that John Tarode. She has been out with quite a number of people, it has to be said, but she's out with John Tarot at the moment. And, uh, oh, she's dreadful. She keeps obviously trying to catch sight of herself presenting. Ben Shepherd just looks sloppy, you know, and quite clearly, as we all know, loves himself to pieces. Unfortunately, now he's actually getting a little bit old for that kind of uh, malarkey, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Alan Sugar. 
may not look like Sid James, but Paul McCartney certainly looks eerily like Angela Lansbury. I do love murder, she wrote. I think it's wonderful. Sorry, are you Jessica Fletcher? I certainly am. Like half of Hinge and Bracket, isn't she? Don't forget the, uh, the competition for today, for the LBC Gadget giveaway, because yesterday Linda Langley... Sounds like a singer, doesn't it, in show business, from Carl Scholten. Got herself the fabulous Android tablet today. Yes, you can wake them up now. The children should know about this. Steve Allen is giving away a Toshiba laptop. You heard correctly. You did hear correctly. It's a Toshiba lap with Windows 8. Hello? Hello? Windows 8. No curtains, just windows. And it's perfect for everyday commuting. It's a satellite laptop, but you can keep it on your lap. It doesn't have to float round the room. It's a, it's a Toshiba I know, you heard correctly. It's, un- it's unreal, isn't it? The things we give away on this station, it's, it's just too exciting for words. And you need to answer this question correctly to be in with a chance, and I would love it to be your name we read out on the programme tomorrow. Phoenix is the state capital of which US state? It's Phoenix... Come on. You know the answer, don't you? So to enter, you text the word gadget, followed by your answer. Phoenix is the state capital of which US state? Phoenix... And then you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Under the hour, you've got 45 minutes to do it. Text costs pound fifty plus the standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. It's a Toshiba. Steve Allen's giving away a Toshiba. It's unbelievable. It's with Windows 8 preloaded. I don't know. I'm, I'm too good to you, really, I am. Quarter to six. <laughs> News headlines with Dan Whiteheads. A major investigation is underway into Somebody used to eat oxtail soup. And then I thought about that. I never liked oxtail soup, I'm afraid, because I thought it was made with real oxtails, so I never went anywhere near it. The very idea... It is made with real oxtails. I definitely wouldn't touch it anymore, I'm afraid. Oh, nasty. Lynn says, whenever eating ribs are mentioned, it always reminds me of the film Fried Green Tomatoes. And whatever happened to the nasty sheriff? I used to love that film, actually. It was very, I could watch it again today. Fried green tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe. It's very interesting. Louise Mensch. I don't know if you've ever read about Louise Mensch. She's, um, she used to be a, a Conservative MP. She abandoned her seat to be with her husband in America. Sadly, we appeared not to, not to have got rid of her. We're kind of stuck with her. And uh, she's revealed she's almost completely given up alcohol, writes Sandra Parsons in the Mail today, after receiving a diagnosis of ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder. Hmm, says Sandra Parsons. Given her track record, I'd say it's more likely she's suffering from ASD, Attention Seeking Disorder. Oh, she is totally, totally attention seeking. She also talks about Tia Sharp's grandmother, Christine Bicknell, who says there were no clues that I was living with a monster. In a tearful interview yesterday, she insisted that the true nature of Stuart Hazel, the man who murdered her granddaughter and with whom she shared her home, came as a total surprise. This is the man, remember, who'd formerly been the boyfriend of Tia's mother, but after a spell in jail for dealing drugs, became the long-term lover of the grandmother. And so they're all selling their bits of the story. It's sad, whichever way you look at it, I'm afraid. Um. They're, they're saying there could be a law change so that you can get married. And, you know, at the moment we have different sorts of marriage. We have Christian weddings. We have Jewish, you know, blessings. We have everything, you know, Indian weddings, which, I mean, could be a riot. It might not be. Hundreds and hundreds of people all get together in tents, eat loads of food. You've got no idea who three-quarters of them are, but they come in and everybody eats and drinks, and it's, it's a great thing. Well, very shortly, you could be having Jedi weddings. They're thinking of bringing in a change to the law and druid and pagan weddings. A group of MPs want to amend the same-sex marriage bill to allow humanist weddings for couples. Tories say such a change will dilute 
the marriage. Well, I mean, you've only got to look at some of these pathetic celebrities who, they only get married so they can add money to the coffers. That's all they do it for. You've got that funny little woman who used to be with, with Des O'Connor, whose name I can't remember at the moment. But anyway, she was going to get married in a church, and then because the bands were published, she had a little little queenie tantrum and uh, decided to do it all secret. Like, anybody cares? Like, anybody cares as if, she's, as if she's some major force to be reckoned with? You know, if it was the Queen or somebody like that or somebody of any importance getting married, well, then there would be interest. Not some third-rate old TV presenter from Donkeys years ago who's way too old and should know better about churches and how bands operate and, you know... She's the sort of person who could pitch up on The Apprentice. We'd all sit there going, God, you're dumb. You really are dumb. But then I I do watch The Great British Bake Off and I do think some of the people on there are particularly stupid. I think that they just pick because they want to be on television. I do like the baking side of it. I don't do cooking. Most of us don't do cooking, as you've discovered from the programme this morning. We're not interested in cooking. We don't... We we aren't very good at it. That's why we watch cookery programmes. And we do watch... I used to watch the can't cook, won't cook thing, which was which was quite good. Luckily, Ainsley Harriet has now disappeared. We're all bored with these sort of things. At the moment, it's antique shows. But I did watch one the other day, and it's with two blokes. I can't remember. One's called Pratt, and one's not. One's um, sort of a very camp with glasses on, rushes about all over the place, does a lot of touching, and the other one, I think, might work in his parents' auctioneers or his own auctioneers. Anyway, they seem to work quite well together. They were on the telly last night doing one of these things where they go around buying antiques, and it's, I'm always amazed how they get the prices down. They go into an antiques place with, with, with a film crew. I must try it myself. And they go, this chair's marked at 150. It's a bit too much. And the bloke will say, well, how much do you want to give me for it? And he go, 30. And they go, yeah, that's OK. And I think, well, I mean, I remember the last time I tried that. I tried that in a shop over the road from here. I wanted to buy something. The owner wasn't there, who's a big listener to the programme. His son was. And, uh, and I said, you've got these badges in the window. I said, any chance you could get them for so-and-so? No. And it was, as, it was as cut and dried as that. No. Whereas his father would have gone, yes, of course, Steve. Of course you can have a discount. But uh, the son thought, I didn't buy them. I didn't care. I thought, let them sit in your window. Let them sit. See if I care. See if I care. It doesn't bother me, matey. I didn't buy them. I had a little little bit of a huff. And I was fairly fine about it. But on these antique things, they go, OK, so this is, this is marked up at £285. Would you take 50 And they go, yeah, that'll be OK. And you think, what is the markup on antiques nowadays? Anyway, just going back, sorry, briefly, to the fact we could have Jedi weddings. I do worry about people who dress up. There was a couple of short while ago dressed up as Shrek, and everybody dressed up from the, from the film. But they say there should be... Um, you know, humanism has 40,000 followers in Britain. Seven MPs, three uh, Lib Dems, three Labour and one Tory, argue that weddings should have legal force. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Humans. I mean, you know, just just get, just do whatever you want to do. If you don't want to spend money on it, don't spend money. I've got a piece on weddings. Actually, I was I was looking at it earlier on on how much money people spend on weddings because it's very interesting. Um, a whole week's wages being a wedding guest. That's what the average Brit spends. Most attend five weddings in the course of a year. Really? Five weddings. Hmm. But it wasn't. According to a new study, most of us go to five weddings a year, and it costs us about 2,180. A friend of mine, she was very excited, she got a thing the other day from the company she works for saying she was entitled to a bonus. And so she said, well, how much is it? And they went, £3,500. And she went, oh, that's, that's a nice bonus. Very nice bonus. And she's got two weddings to go to this year, so perhaps she's part of this, this sort of survey. And one of them's in America. So she can fly to America now. Before, she didn't have the money. Now she can fly to America and she can, uh, and she can go to this wedding. She's really excited about, 
really excited about. So I'm, I'm quite excited too. I love the I've never had a bonus in my life. I never had a tax rebate once, but that was many, many, many years ago. I haven't had anything recently. I haven't had a lottery. I haven't had anything at all, actually. It's been a bit dismal. The weather's on the turn. A couple of my fuchsias died, but I mean, I'm not bothered about that. I've loads more fuchsias. I've still got about four trays of fuchsias left. Still got four trays. And you know, men care more about cleaning a car's bodywork. Women worry about the interior. You see, I worry about the interior on my car. I'm constantly cleaning the interior. I've got a, a permanent duster in the car, one of these dust magnet things. And it picks up all the dust and everything. And I, I use that all the time. All the time. Because I'm paranoid about dust. Sometimes, you know, a shaft of light comes through the window. And you think, oh, dust. And immediately I'm there with my duster because I've got it between the seats. Like that. Pick up all the dust. I'm very good. I do it at home as well. I'm funny about dust. I don't know. Apparently Asda is selling flower power short sleeve shirts. Really? I don't mind. I shall be going to Asda then later on today. Not as good as my uh, other ones I've got, which I do like, actually. Um, Carol McGiffin looks like the Mona Lisa. Does she? Oh. I don't think so. She looks like Moaning Minnie, I think, half the time. She's got one of those miserable faces, poor soul. She can't help it. Just the way she is. She's quite feisty, so I like her. Uh, best place to get uh, barbecue meat is Bodine's in Soho. They do pulled pork and baby back ribs, says Wayne. Baby back ribs. I feel a bit sorry for them, really. Don't feel sorry, but they go, baby back ribs. You go, oh, I don't know. Did they have a chance to grow up? No, it didn't, I'm afraid. And that's why we're eating. But I do, I, I love barbecue food. I don't like barbecues, full stop. I think this really naff, this British preoccupation of eating your food outside. Sit inside, you can watch telly. So much nicer. Why would you want to sit there and people go, oh, shall I do the sausages on the barbecue and the chicken and stuff like that? And you think, oh, God, how boring. Um, luckily, people don't invite me to barbecues because I am Mr. Misery. Because I, I, like I like to do the cooking myself. I don't want to sit there watching somebody else cooking the blasted stuff. I like to do it. Uh, right, you've got 30 minutes left. Just over 30 minutes to get your entries in for the gadget giveaway for today. A Toshiba laptop. A Toshiba laptop. It's your chance to get it. Check it out on the internet if you want to know what it looks like. It's the Toshiba Satellite laptop. It's got Windows 8, preloaded, perfect for everyday computing. And it can be yours at 6.30 this morning. I do hope so. Hopefully it'll be your name I'll be reading out. We've been reading out the name of yesterday's winner, Linda Langley from Carl Sholton, because she got herself that Android tablet, so she's very happy. And so today we're offering you the Toshiba satellite laptop. It's quite nice when you offer good prizes on the, uh, on the gadget competition. And don't forget, we'll be raising money very shortly, in fact, in a few weeks' time, for our Help for Heroes on LBC 97.3. We'll take a short break for the, uh, the news coming up. To the other side of that, we'll go through the papers and find out why a quarter of young girls with absent fathers grow into depressed teenagers and more on the Disney visitors who pay the disabled to skip the queue. The more you skip the queue, apparently, because sometimes the, the queues at Disney are quite big. But if you skip the queue, you go right to the front. So they're hiring, they're renting disabled people who are available to rent by the hour so they can go right to the front of the queue because you get the whole family in and they go, right, off you go, you can all be, be together. And uh, apparently it's been going on for donkey's years and nobody knew about it. More on that story. The other side of the news at six. We'll remind you about the gadget competition and we take more of your texts and emails right here on LBC 97.3. So you can uh, send it as well. And also, as a former inspector talked about the RSPCA a short while ago, she claimed that many healthy animals uh, were put down in the course of the year. She's taken her own life. And uh, this is after she was criticised by the RSPCA. So we'll deal with that. The other side of the news, which is next. 
Six minutes past six. Morning. In days gone by, says Damien, they used to tie a string around the finger of a corpse before burial, the other end attached to a small bell on top of the coffin. And if the presumed dead suddenly awoke in the, uh, in the box, he or she would pull the string and the gravedigger would exhume them to avoid suffocation. Hence the expression, saved by the bell. Is that, is that where it comes from? I do remember seeing it. I've, I've seen it quite a number of times, actually, where uh, they put the little bell on top of it. Only on posh coffins. It wasn't on the poor people. The poor people could suffocate anyway. They didn't really care about them. Uh, talking about wedding fright, uh, a lot of people say, invited to five weddings in the course of a year. Apparently so. Apparently so. People say, I don't think so. But that's, that's what they reckon. You spend about two £2,200 on going to these wedding things. Um, Lovely one here. This is from uh, somebody who says, you brighten up our day once again. The quip about Carol Vorderman dressing her age had me choking on my first cup of the day and I heard Aunt Guinevere snorting with mirth across the landing. <sniffs> By the way, we tried one of those bottles of champagne we found in the cellar yesterday, chilled almost to the freezing point. It was reasonably passable. We were trying to work out how much money somebody had spent at the Grosvenor House. We reckon the Grosvenor House champagne was probably around 85 quid a bottle, and they ordered six bottles, thinking it would probably be the same price as the local off-licence. But the markup in London hotels is horrendous, you know, if you drink champagne. I mean, I, that's why I like going for tea at the, uh, the Grosvenor House. Me and, me and my friend Louise have been a few times, and it's lovely, actually. And we're due again. We are due again. I must sort it out, actually. Uh, because it's nice. You get a glass of champagne, little elderflower gel. Oh, just, just nice things. Nice little thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a luxury that you can do every so often. You can't do it all the time. Some people do it all the time. I can't afford to do it all the time. Here's the story of this woman. Now, I remember the, uh, the story of Dawn Aubrey Ward. Because she's a former inspector. And um, she was a big animal lover. That's why she worked for the RSPCA. They had tend to attract animal lovers. And uh, what she did... Um, she she claimed that an awful lot of animals which came to the RSPCA were destroyed, healthy animals. And thus began this, um, you know, this thing. She stuck her head above the parapet. She said what she saw. And eventually, I mean, she was going through hell for this. And um, she described her horror. She did an interview with the Mail on Sunday, published uh, last December. She uh, described her horror during her time as an RSPCA inspector at having to euthanise what she called healthy animals. The decision to blow the whistle on her experience came as figures revealed that the charity put down 53,000 animals a year, almost half the number it takes in. The interview sparked widespread controversy. The RSPCA responded by publicly attacking her and her character and integrity. In a statement published on its website in early January and widely circulated among animal rights extremists, the charity suggested she was a liar, primarily motivated by malice. Please be aware, they said, that Dawn Aubrey Ward is a disgruntled former employee of the RSPCA who was subject to a disciplinary investigation for alleged theft of animals. She left the organisation with the matter still pending, and so it went on and on. And so she had abusive phone calls, she had death threats, she had all sorts of things. And in the end, it was too much. And she hanged herself. And that's when it gets too much. That The people that, that bully, you know, she had loads of, of abuse on Twitter and Facebook. And I've always said... You know, by, uh, you know, from sort of a lot of people who've written to me before saying, this has happened to me, this has happened to me, or that happened to me, or this person wrote that. Go to the police. The police deal with it. They have people, they have departments that can deal with this side of, side of thing. Uh, she said that their PR statement was evil. 
The trouble is, you know, any organisation that raises money for charity, there are bound to be, you know, disgruntled people who work for it saying this goes on, that goes on. You know, don't ever be fooled by the word charity, ladies and gentlemen. It's just a way of extracting money. And you can get money out of people by going, oh, it's animals. Look, it's little fluffy bunnies or it's donkeys or it's something. Because the British are good. We're good at putting our hands in our pocket and sort of looking to save people. And it's big business. You look at how much money these charities have got in the coffers. It's millions. That's why whenever there is a disaster, it doesn't matter where it is, Afghanistan or, or anything around the world, they, they will show you harrowing pictures of children dying. They've got the money there and then, but what they want to do is get you to pay for it now, and they just top up the coffers. That's what it is. You can't just... It's not like watching a, a documentary done by Mr Attenborough where you're watching zebras being killed by a pack of marauding lions. If they wanted to, they could shoot the lions dead as they were attacking the zebras. Simple as that. But they don't because you can't change nature. Unfortunately, with, with sort of charity work, there are things that go on behind the scene. I'm sure there are people who work for charities who thieve. I'm pretty certain there must be. By the law of, you know, by the law of all that's holy, uh, to use a well-known Nick Ferrari ex- expression, it's one of these things that people do. People steal. People steal from charity shops. They steal from charities. It's easier to actually steal from a charity if you work for it. But this uh, this woman here, uh, you know, it, it's, I mean, dreadful, really. I mean, it's, it, it is a, it's, a, it's a dreadful thing for the RSPCA. It really is. You know, if if they do seriously put down animals, well, then people who... You know, it's it's very easy for a big organisation to, to discredit somebody. And she's dead now. You can say anything you like about her. But they have her death on their conscience. Somebody who hangs themselves, they've got to really be at the end of their tether. Yesterday, the RSP, RSPCA would only say... Uh, we are saddened to hear of Dawn Aubrey Ward's death. Our thoughts are with her family. It's a very difficult time. Well, if you hadn't done the PR thing against her, which turned into a hate campaign... You know, they have blood on their hands. And that's that's a sad thing. Somebody's died as a result. Because there are certain members of the public, you know, loonies, the so-called animal... You know, you've heard about the barking mad woman of Twickenham who feeds the pigeons. Our pigeons are so fat, they don't fly. They get buses around our way. They can barely make it. She doesn't realise she's killing them. She's too stupid for words. I mean, she really is. She goes around, throws bread all over the place. We've got rats. We've got... Oh, it's just disgusting. And yet still she's not been prosecuted. I don't know why. Uh, On last night's Eurovision, they said that Ireland's song had already been a hit in Sweden. How can this be allowed, says Richie? That's why Sweden won last year. The song had already been a hit in Europe. It's a very rainy Wirral this morning. It's, uh, It's not raining here as yet, but it is windy. You will notice it when you go outside this morning. It's cold. Greetings to you as well. Greetings to you. And uh, to all of your uh, your close friends, as they say. Uh, Steve, I don't have many friends. That's why I don't go to five weddings a year. Five weddings and a funeral. You go to more, more funerals, don't you? When you actually get a little bit older, you do go to funerals. I don't mind funerals. I quite like funerals. We did a humanist funeral the other day. Marty Jones. That was good. That was very, very good. I quite liked it. You know, it's, it's a, it sort of makes it a bit more, bit more human. I think this is an old picture, and it appears in the in the paper today in the Mail of um, Chris Hune, looking looking very well fed. Fat, sorry, is the word I was looking for. Fat, and here he is with with Grayson Perry, uh, the transvestite artist, um, and he had two sausages, hash browns, egg, bacon, sausages, tomatoes, beans, chips, you name it. It's on the plate here, and uh, probably coming, probably discussing a book deal as well. That'll be interesting. Who's going to buy these? But nobody's going to be interested. It's called Vanity Publishing, and it's the kind of thing that will disappear without trace, I hope. 
so much easier. Uh, 84850, uk. It's amazing how this, uh, this Angelina story has sort of gripped the nation. Everybody was talking about it yesterday on LBC. Nick was talking about it. And uh, Brad Pitt says she's so heroic. I'm, I'm so delighted to see a Hollywood couple who actually are sticking together through thick and thin. It appears to be rock solid, this one. I hope I've not spoken too soon. I hope. It's uh, 13, 14 minutes past six. LBC 97. Nick Ferrari at seven this morning. Nick will be getting all the latest on the shocking case of the paedophile ring operating in Oxford. Plus, as the health secretary unveils a landmark dementia report, Nick will be looking at how seriously we take mental health in this country. And have you lost touch with a friend or a family member? How important is it to stay in touch? You can have your say with Nick and the team from seven this morning. Looking at the papers today, Isabel Hardman, editor of Coffee House, the Spectator blog. She was previously assistant news editor at Politics Home. It's going to be interesting finding out more on this paedophile ring. There's probably other paedophile rings operating. I can't believe they'd be the only one in the country. And he'll be talking to a number of, uh, a number of people with that. And also talking to the Salvation Army, uh, the head of the family tracing unit, Margaret Hardy, will be finding out. 57% of people have lost touch with a member of their family. How important is friendship? It's not just friendship. It's, it's just keeping in touch with people, isn't it? It's just making sure if somebody moves away, you know exactly where they are. But we do do that. It's, I mean, I tend to find myself doing I'm as guilty as the next person. I'm, I'm terrible, really. You know, somebody moves away, you have somebody working with you for ages, then they move away and you go, well, definitely keep in touch, definitely keep in touch. And then you, you kind of lose touch a little bit. And I, I sort of get angry with myself for sort of doing that. So I'm going to try and catch up with a couple of people over the next sort of week or so. I feel a bit guilty about the whole thing. Uh, eight minutes left to get your entries in for the LBC Gadget giveaway. Linda Langley is our famous listener today, because yesterday she got the fabulous Android tablet. Will it be your name? We're reading out on tomorrow's programme, because today it's the Toshiba laptop. This is the Toshiba satellite laptop. Windows 8, preloaded, perfect for everyday computing. And, uh, yes, uh, sorry, earlier on, you know, that Gary said he's just recently bought a Toshiba and he loves it. It's a Toshiba. And all you need to know is the answer to this question. Phoenix is the state capital of which US state? It's Phoenix, okay, Phoenix, to enter, text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850, before 6.30 this morning, so about seven minutes left, okay, so text the word gadget, then the answer to the question, Phoenix is the state capital of which US state, so it's Phoenix, there you go. And send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you're texting after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We're playing across the entire LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. I feel a bit sorry for this man called Peter Haler who's in the paper today. He lives in Rossendale. He's married to Jean. And he's got a wall uh, that seems to run alongside a public path. He's a former school governor. Um, he seems, to all intents and purposes, to be a, a fairly nice man. Well, he was until the day that he lashed out, I'm afraid, because he's had repeated damage to his dry stone garden wall. So he lashed out at these vandals. He's been ordered to pay because, uh, on one of them, he, he, he damaged him quite badly. A 14-year-old boy uh, was left with three chipped teeth and two black eyes. Now, I can't help but smile, I'm afraid, because we all know what yobbos are like, don't we? And you do feel like doing something. He did. He snapped. Because he'd, uh, he'd had enough. The police have done nothing. He said it's reprehensible that the police have chosen to pursue the victims of antisocial behaviour in favour of a group of delinquents. 
I retaliated to a very real threat. So they, they destroyed his, his garden wall and he obviously lashed out. Unfortunately, of course, as we all know, much as though you want to, you can't, because these yobbos, rather smart-arsed, foul-mouthed little boys, you can imagine, can't you, what this bloke was like. You can just imagine. They did the damage, and then this bloke lashed out. So it's going to cost him to repair the wall. He's got to do everything. I mean, the boy said, have you been touching my wall? Before I had time to answer, he hit me. And so it goes on. But, you know, we've all seen these people hanging around. They don't serve any useful purpose. And he, he paid the price, unfortunately. It is a bit, it's a bit sad, but that's the way it goes. You've just got to be careful. You can't touch people nowadays, can you? Without them go running to the police, you know, saying, I know my rights, I know this. Um, very quickly, let's uh, get in some more of your, uh, your texts and emails this morning. Uh, in Dubai is Ali. Moved here a month ago and I finally have the internet at home. And I'm listening with my daughter Emma. We've missed you. So we feel a bit closer to her. Well, you can hear it every day. Every day. It's not, not a difficult thing to do. Wonderful time in London yesterday. Loads of chatting. A few drinkies, says Janet. A pleasant lunch and even some talk about Steve Allen. Oh, I think so. I think so. Just a little bit of talk. Uh, 84850. Uh One here from, from Don. He says, I don't know, and it's doubtful anybody does know the truth about Dawn Aubrey Ward and her relationship uh, with the RSPCA. What I do know is that after some not very nice incidents, I wouldn't give them sixpence. Yes, I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're a charity. I've said before, Don, and I, I have to stand by it, that they're a charity, and wherever you get charity and you get, you know, big amounts of money, unpleasantness goes on. And sometimes some of these charities aren't very nice. I can remember once I complained about a charity on this programme, years and years ago, because we phoned up, and um, we had some, if you remember, we had the saga of the ducklings. We'd had some ducklings and they'd been born quite high up and their mother had deserted them. We were stuck. So we phoned up this place. I won't tell you which place it was, who had, uh, who had collected before. Anyway, the man who answered the phone was extremely rude and, uh, and then said, well, what would you expect me to do about it? And put the phone down. Of course, I mentioned it on air. They then lodged an official complaint about me saying I'd been abusive to them on the phone, which, of course, was, was so, so much a lie on their behalf. And luckily, we were able to prove it because my neighbour was with me and we both made the call together. And we both sort of were going, what? And so, luckily, they, they were proven to be liars. And I've never had anything to do with them ever again. Because sometimes people who sort of so claim that they love animals really are doing it. It's like, I remember years ago saying about the RSPCA, you phone them up and say, can you do this? And they go, no. Of course, if you go, I've got a film crew here, they were out like a shot because they wanted to be seen to be doing something. But uh, it's, sometimes it's very difficult. We've all got bad experiences of everything, I suppose, from sort of crossing the road to cycles, bane of everybody's life, the non-insured people on the streets of London, the people who ride on the pavement. You get them all the time. I've started shouting obscenities, I'm afraid, at cyclists who are on the pavement. Get off the pavement, I say. Oik. <laughs> very angry about the whole thing. Anyway, listen, we're just about running out of time, so you've got literally probably couple of minutes left to get your entries in for the uh, gadget competition. Your chance to have yourself a fantastic Toshiba laptop. I hope, it, uh, hope it's your name that I'm reading out tomorrow morning. On the programme, it's uh, Angelina. Mastectomy has made me closer to Brad, which I've no doubting. Tia Sharp's mum, told, talking of her disgust. Uh, the Daily Star, Corrie's Ken in court for double rape. They've got sex monster Stuart Hazel, 38 years for killing... Tia Sharp, 12 years old. Uh, on the front of the Daily Mirror, Corrie's Ken in court over rape of girl 15, and why I'm happy to have had my breasts removed by Angelina Jolie. You'd never have known, though, would you? I mean, she could have 
turned up at everything, and I don't think any of us, any of us would have had any idea whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the worst celeb diva moments by Alex Jones. They can't make something of this poor woman. They've tried so desperately. She's on the uh, the one show. She's not particularly good. Um, I, th- I think they pick people for the wrong reasons. They certainly don't pick people who are particularly good with celebrities. It comes over a bit false. And so, celeb diva moments, they all have them, and I'm sh- sure that poor little Alex has had them as well. Uh, betrayed the child victims of the sex gang. The police and the care workers ignored the girls. Please help. Nick will be talking about this this morning on LBC 97.3. Uh, BP and Shell raided over allegations of petrol price fixing. That'll be an interesting one, won't it? And Nick will be talking about that today. I've long suspected it. Long suspected it. And how much of the BBC paid staff to move north? My God. Well, it's, it's not, not quite as bad as paying Holly Willoughby £28,000 for about three minutes' work. It's outrageous every week. It really is. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Free podcast up in half an hour. Nick and the team at seven next on LBC. The Morning News with Susan Bookbinder. LBC 97.3